Hello and welcome to Achievement Hunting 101, the podcast that has a very, very special episode. This one is none other than level 170, which, of course, is 101 plus 69. Quick math. Our two favorite numbers. I don't get it. I don't get it. The perfect numbered episode. Joining me tonight is Rocker Dude. Howdy, howdy. Koosh Moose. Howdy, hey, D. And Big L. Uh, actually, I changed my gamer tag. I am now Big L5012. <laughs> In you know, recent news, that I'm changing to PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> Trophies, here I come. <laughs> really? Yeah, I'm starting a new podcast, Trophy Hunting 101. Good idea. Yeah, because over there, there's like five stacks of all the rats and crap. Yeah, TH101. Yeah, but if there's unobtainable, I just won't play it. Oh. Oh, that's just sad. But I'm not jumping into that just yet. <laughs> don't even take a just, hand. Uh, just a because hand. you set it up, I'm immediately going to reg- to uh, to ignore it. Instead, I want to talk about Extra Life first. Just as a reminder, Devin or Vulgar Latin will be doing a 24-hour live stream on November 8th, starting at 8 a.m. Central on the AH101 Twitch channel. So there will be giveaways during the stream and all that. So come out, support the kids. Anything you donate will be given to specifically the Oklahoma Children's Hospital. But now, now we'll, I'll take it away into that segue that I intentionally ignored. Speaking of unobtainables. (laughs) (laughs) Unobtainables. That is the topic for us tonight or whenever it is that you're listening to us. So the question for this week that we asked our patrons, what is a game that you would like to play but don't because of the length, discontinued or unable to complete, or it's too difficult or grindy of an achievement list? And then... As a second part to that question, would you not start a game with unobtainables or hard achievements in a series you love or a game you think you would enjoy? Well, I'm going to go ahead and read off Jay Black's question or answer to this first. For the first part, he says, there are many games that I say I won't play usually because of the achievement list, like years four and five. However, however, there's been multiple times friends have convinced me to start those types of games and play together. And for the second part, in the past, I have started games from a series I like, whether they have had hard achievements or not. However, if I'm late to the show and the game shuts down and their servers and most of the achievements become unattainable, before I start it, I'll likely skip it. Personally, for me, uh, my tag's already messed up. I already have games with unobtainables on it, and I have other awful blemishes on my game, on my tag like the Rattalikas and energy cycle and stuff like that so that doesn't much matter to me I'll start a game with an unobtainable or discontinued or whatever but as far as the games that I don't play it's mostly just because of the length and I just don't have the time like some series that I would absolutely love to get to but I just don't because of the length is like The Witcher I hear The Witcher 3 is absolutely incredible one of the best RPGs ever made, especially in recent years. 
I own it with all the DLC, but I am scared to start it because I know I'll just never be able to finish it. Not necessarily just finish it of the achievement list, which I would love to be able to do because, like, I've completed Skyrim multiple times. But, like, just to finish the campaign or the story or whatever, I would, there's no chance I would ever be able to get through it because it is, like, a hundred hours of actual gameplay and whatnot. How about you, Nate? Well, for me, I'm going to read Chesno's, and he says, If I see a game with discontinued achievements, I'm less likely to play it for grinds, though I would have to pick Monster Hunter. Uh, Monster Hunter World, sorry. A game I enjoy, but it's such a long grind, and that was before the expansion. Uh, and then we have Eruteric. Eruk who says, I'd love to play Diablo 2 if the game actually worked all the time, let alone it having the ridiculous grind to get to level 99. Achievement list killed it for me as I was on the fence about getting in the first place. Thankfully, nowadays, a lot of the games I really want to play don't have hard achievements, just achievements I'm not going to go through the effort to get, like a lot of the Halo MP ones, for example. Uh, and if a game I really wanted to play had an unobtainable I would certainly it would certainly impact me getting it on release. I hope that I'd get jeez, I can't read. I hope that it'd get fixed down the line before buying it. If it didn't, I'd move on and play something else. There's too many games out there to be tied up on one game. Truth. That's true. Um for me, basically um games that I'm not playing that I own, uh, well there's a lot of them. Uh but most of them are due to the length of the game. Uh, like, so if you look at the games that I really want to play, but haven't, it's because they're, they're epics. You know, these games take a lot of time, uh, and you have to kind of stay on them. You can't play multiple things at the same time. Um, so yeah, Monster, Monster Hunter World looked awesome. Uh, so I picked it up when it was on sale. I haven't started it, uh, just because of the commitment, uh, you know, so many games like that. Uh, like I definitely would do Skyrim at some point, but um, that's a huge game. Um, so yeah, for the most part, the, the thing that keeps me away is is that more than the discontinueds. Uh, would I not start a game with unobtainables in a series I love or a game I think I would would enjoy? No, I wouldn't let that keep me from playing something that I love. Uh, but then again, I don't do it that often either. Uh, I think most of the games that I like don't have unobtainables. Um, they're all pretty solid. Um, now, it could be that there are older games where the multiplayer has been shut down. Uh, things that are really good, like uh, cult favorites. Like, um, uh, what's, what's the one that you and uh, Michelle like? Uh, something about two? Don't steal my Army answer, damn it. Yeah. Oh, sorry. So, like, Army of Two... Uh, totally my answer. No one else can take that. I claim it. Um, plant my flag. Uh, so a game like that, uh, that, you know, is, is a cult classic or, you know, somebody, somebody finds it and says, oh, this thing is sh a shiny gem that people have not played, but now the servers are shut down. That's kind of disappointing. It's not going to keep me from playing it. Uh, but then again, like I said, I haven't started too many of those because there's just so much to play. How about you, L? You got a totally unique answer that nobody has said yet. Oh, like Army of Two? No, not that. Oh. Damn it. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that game. The, I sort of mentioned the, it. Well, I'm going to mention it now anyway. The servers for that game went down on August 11th, 2011. So a decade ago. It's crazy. And 
When did that come out? That seems like a really short window to play that game. Uh, it came out March 2008. So yeah, three, eight, nine, ten, four year window. Huh. Math is hard. Quick math. I wonder why it had such a short window. So yes, it sucks that that server went down, but because it went down, that was actually the reason Michelle and I started playing it in July. So a month before servers went down and we got the online done, I think the day before they went down. And the online was actually really fun. There was this DLC called the SSC Challenge Map Pack that was like an obstacle course type of thing. It was really fun. And for the longest time, you could still buy that DLC in the store no, uh, and you couldn't play it. So that was good. Wow. Yeah. So there are stacks for Army of Two. There are? Yeah. Two of them, actually. There's one uh, PAL version and one called Asian. And then the 40th day has a Japanese one. So there's a bunch of stacks. Those all have discontinues. Now, Wise Man once said, play for fun, not for achievements. But... Seems like good advice. I pretend that they don't exist because uh, Michelle and I have the series completion, all three of those complete. So the other ones don't really exist. We pretend they don't exist. <laughs> Let Smart. me read some Patreon answers. Saban Rothschild says, I wouldn't say I skip games I normally play because of unobtainables, but I probably would hold off on buying them until I've gotten through the rest of my backlog. Got to have some criteria for filtering down on purchases, and that's probably a key one. We're talking multiple unobtainables with little chance of being patched, though. One or two wouldn't put me off. Chewy on I says, unobtainables have impacted some of the buying choices I've made, but usually just as an added reason not to get a game, because I get so damn many of them and I need something to give me pause. I'm not a completionist, and I'm not kidding myself that I'll ever complete everything anyway, but as Lego Head has said, if you can't get your game to work, why should I pay for it? Having said all that, if it's a game I really, really want to play or a part of a series I love, I'll ignore it and probably get it anyway. <laughs> oh, Chewy. Uh, yes, Lego Head did make a, a comment basically saying that, but he's a hardcore completionist with his 90-plus percent percentile. <laughs> He's in the 90th percentile. Um, Close enough. I'm probably in that same camp where if it's a series I really love, I would play it anyway. But if it's something I was on the fence about, that would uh, sway me to not play it probably. So I could see both sides. As far as hard games or long games, there's always some reason to not play a game or to play a game. Now, do you guys already have unobtainables on your tag? Oh, yeah. Yes, of course. I have, I mean, Max Payne 3 hit me. Um, I have, you know, Happy Wars, uh, Xbox Fitness, like stuff that has, has gone down, like discontinueds. Then who cares if you get some more? Well, the difference between that and starting something with unobtainables, there is a slight difference, knowing that you can never get to completion. Yeah, but your profile will never have the shiny 100%. But I'll start, you know, Gears 4, Gears 5, like some people might not, and every Rock Band and Guitar Hero that I know I won't complete. It depends on the game for sure. 
but I, I definitely agree with that. Warts and all, as Fug said today. <laughs> what about you, Corey? All right. So just so it's out there, when I made that joke about not playing games with unobtainables on PlayStation, uh, that's totally not what would happen, right? So I've made it very clear. I could care. Ne- I could not care. I could not care less. Is that the one I want, L? Yes. I could not care less. I love you. About unobtainables, <laughs> discontinued, odd number gamer score. It's all silly. It's a dumb argument to me, and it's not going to affect what I play. Now, is a leaderboard people not have silly? their opinions. What's that? Isn't a leaderboard silly too? Uh, only ones that don't concern Metroidvanias. Uh huh. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> so it's all silly. But to not play a game that you are interested in because of it is is just the most silly thing I can think of. Um, I like it when you when you have a, a you know an approach to it when you don't it doesn't control you. Uh, so like Toby Lynn, for example, she has started Mass Effect and Skyrim, uh, but she doesn't have the time to devote to them right now because they're lengthy games. Uh, she hopes that next year is her RPG Aner gear and uh, wants to get a ton of those open world, you know, big quest games out. Um, uh, but for me, it, it's definitely I, I don't even care that they're there. Uh, I, I really don't. Now, if it was like, I don't know, a multiplayer only game. I, I know there's very few out there, but say, uh, I, I don't know. Your dodgeball I, game. The new dodgeball game. Remind me of the dodgeball game. Yeah. Splitgate. S- Splitgate? Splunky. Uh, it's, okay, if Splitgate all of a sudden had an entire list of discontinued because they were, I don't know, uh, you had to get them in the first month of release. Would I play that? Uh, probably not. But I don't think that the achievements would stop me from that. Uh, it, it's more of a matter of my time is is not worth it at, at that point. Um. I'm going to kind of change the second part of the question. First, I'll answer, you know, Toby Lynn's part where you said, would you start a game with unobtainables or hard achievements in a series you love? Uh, so Toby Lynn, she says, as far as starting those games, she goes in expecting not to complete them. And that's, that's the key. That's how you should go into the games. Um, I feel that. Now, I understand some people chase completion percentages. Now, that is where uh, I have to think like they would and say, yes, you don't want to mess up that percentage. That's what you care about. That's fine. But uh, I have seen people who really like a series and it's a really weird achievement list, really hard. Maybe they'll play it on an alternate tag. Perfectly fine. They're not letting the achievement stop them necessarily from enjoying the the, the game. Um, so there's that. And so that, I think that's how you, you should go in there. Um, so if they have unobtainables, discontinues, it doesn't really make a difference to her. She plays games that she thinks that she would enjoy. And I, uh, I congratulate her on that. Now I want to spin it to not only say hard or unobtainables or discontinues. I want to go one step further to the extreme because it just happened right before we started recording. Maka 91, one of those content creators out there uh, making or used to make stuff. I haven't seen his name in a while, probably because I muted him. Um, he <laughs> had to point out that would do that. It. He, 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 well, I haven't normally like videos come across. I haven't seen his name on like achievement guides 
on anything. Like he's not one of like the top three that I think about, or even the top five anymore with new stuff. But he had to make it a point to showcase on his Twitter. He's an, he's an influencer, right? He made it a point to showcase Writers Republic's achievement list. And if you haven't seen it, it is littered with odd numbered gamer score. And of course, when I say odd numbered, I'm talking about the achievement version of odd. So there's a lot of twos and sixes in there. Um, not a lot of ones or zeros. Very few. Actually, the, the minority ends in a zero. Anyways, he is, he is just stating how in which 2021, why does this still happen? Like, Oh, I did see that. It's like, it sounds really entitled in his follow-up tweet said, uh, this is achievement hunters right now. And it links to a YouTube video of like my chemical romance or something like that. I, I don't know the song, but it looks like a, some sad emo kid. And like, he's showcasing what's already a small community you know, achievement hunters, but he's like generalizing it as we're all these whiny babies that are complaining about these numbers. And that's not the case. Um, because most of our community is, uh, most is, is sane. And, uh, I think <laughs> they, they make good choices. Uh, but just him pointing that out and just like seeing some of the comments, like, this is why I muted him. This is why I don't read the comments from the internet. Cause they just, they, they irritate me so much. Like I'm just seeing comments on there. This should be illegal. Well, I'm never going to play it. Uh, just cancel. This one really gets me just canceled my pre-order for this. Thanks for the info, Maka. Like, not that I believe that they actually pre-ordered it, but that is just so cringe and st stupid. Just like you put it to, to cancel a pre-order for a game that you are excited about because of the achievement list that just blows my mind. And you know what? If you really don't like it, give it to me. I don't care. Um, I've thought about this. If I were to start a brand new tag, I the first game I would put on the tag is one that has discontinued achievements. 100%. <laughs> it would be Skate Throwing 3. Throwing it right off the bat. Just say, I'm just saying, it would be Skate 3. First thing on, the, on a brand new tag. And, uh, and, and I, would never, it, I would never just give two craps about it. You know, Just seeing this stuff just chaps my ass. As L would say. See, Wait, I can what? understand <laughs> not wanting to start a new game. Like, let's say Riders Republic it had one or two of those achievements on it that you know there is no way in hell you're ever going to be able to get it. It's not possible. So I can understand you not wanting to start it if you're a completionist. But to not want to, but to cancel your pre-order because of odd values is bonkers to me. There's other games that you could just get to, you know, even it back out. I'll give you another metric. Whoever thought they were going to complete Sea of Thieves? It's got 306,000 people who started the game on TA. Like, it's yeah. just, I think that it's a super small minority, but they're very vocal, <laughs> the people who care about that, and it's just, ugh, I don't know, I don't like it. Now, I have another question, I have a follow-up question on that. What do you guys think about odd achievement values like that? Like, personally, I actually kind of like that just because it is unique. I, I most of the time have an odd gamer score. And, and really, the people that complain about it, what I want to tell them, complete your games. You know? Just complete your games. All right, I have a rebut L. <laughs> so, yeah. as a general rule, I don't care about my gamer score unless I'm hitting my milestones. So every 100,000 I like to hit on the nose. And I 
don't which makes sense. I don't think I'm alone. Why in that. you never post a picture yes, flexing in front of your TV yes, with the with the energy saving sticker on it? So it doesn't matter. <laughs> That's because L's not crazy and he removes his stickers That's off. Definitely his TV. my body and not someone else's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that milestone is popping on your friend feed regardless. And like, are you really going to stop and smell I don't know. The I have roses? pictures of all of them. I was going to say, I thought he took pictures. I definitely take pictures and post them. You but. know what? I just passed 700,000. When I hit 800,000, I'm going to do 800,001. And I'm just going to DM you that. It's fine. <laughs> it won't bother me. You do what you got to do. Go out of my way to do that. You're just being all contrary on today. Corey's Angry Corey's here. I like it. Angry was, Corey's here. So if there's a game like, I like say, it. Ord, Ord has weird achievement values. I think they're worth all like 16 and um, 16 and lots of 16s. 24 also. And that's fine because I think that game is completable. The one that always comes to mind is, of course, Graw. Graw is a piece of crap. Has the worst achievement list, and yeah, that's a terrible achievement. And list. if you look at the values, all the three the three infamous achievements all have weird number of values. So if you do one, you got to do them all. If you're going to complete the game, it's just forget it. So I wasn't around at that time. Were you in a community of achievement hunters? Did you guys talk about this? And Probably did you care? Not. I played that before I cared. Yeah, I you played, probably I didn't even look Raw at the list at the beginning. I like I played that played when it I was in two thousand and seven. I have hundred and fifty. It came out in two thousand six. Yeah, I have one hundred and fifteen gamer score in it, but that's all I'm going to do because hmm. the rest of the achievements are worth eight, sixteen, thirty-two. Hike. Screw this. It's got your favorite kind of achievement. I didn't so like co-op. that game anyway, though. So don't worry. No, believe me, no. What? Crawl two is great. No. Grow, I don't think Grow One had co-op. Well, I'm I'm looking at it. Ghost Recon, Advanced Warfighter, eight gamer score, complete chapter one in co-op. Oh yes, the cooperative campaign. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> no. Wait, are we talking about Grawl or Grawl Two? Grawl. Let's not talk about Grawl. Did you have more points you wanted to make, Corey? No, that's it. I'm I'm done. All right, we got a uh, this just in. Ding ding ding. We got. In our patron Discord, Philip Wendell has chimed in and has said, Elite Dangerous, interested in the game, but the length of it has stopped me from starting it. Same thing with the new Flight Simulator. While some say that's a dumb reason not to start a game, there are plenty others I want to play that are shorter and completable. I'd rather scratch two witches than one. Okay, that's an interesting point. We've touched on that briefly. I think a lot of us like that... um, was it Freem on Zed used to always talk about the dopamine hit that you would get from seeing an achievement pop on screen? Yes. Uh-huh. You get that by playing a bunch of shorter, easier games. When do you know? when you say you have no time to play these longer games, I think that's nonsense. Because if you put all that time combined into a triple A game, I'm pretty sure you could play some triple A games with the same time that you spend playing these shorter games. See, and before achievements I existed, I think people would play those longer games and just forget some of the shorter games, not all. See, I I don't get that hit off the easy gamer scores. Like, if I were to go play 
whatever the new East Asia Soft or new Rattle Like is, I could complete that game, have the thousand gamer score, and all I would do is just hate my life because I felt like I just wasted the last fifteen minutes or however long it took. But you don't get excited. You don't get excited by your phone blowing up, though. <laughs> Not. So my phone gets blowing up, and especially if I'm playing it here on my at my desk, so I'm playing it through. I see it through my computer. I see it through my Xbox. I see it through my phone. Through actually through both Xbox apps, you know, it's like okay, yeah, this is cool because I'm getting a million notifications. Like, <laughs> but at the, but like at the same time, I look at that, I go, I didn't do anything. I basically just pressed A fifty times and got a thousand gamer score. Whereas like completing like. Uh, Skyrim or if I were able to get to it like a Witcher or something like that or like when I beat Dishonored it's just like cool I feel like I enjoyed my time at least for the most part through this game and the achievement is like hey this is neat well maybe you're not an achievement hunter maybe you're an achievement collector or an achievement um, (laughs) enthusiast I'm not a gamer score whore put it that way achievement poser whoa I think there there's different generations of achievement hunters. I see, well, in some the cross score hit just doesn't do it anymore because you. I don't can think it get, ever did it for you though. <laughs> it really did. It, it also really did, <laughs> especially because like you can get a hundred thousand in in a day if you really tried. Oh, easily. I mean, to be honest, you hosting 170 episodes of an Achievement Hunting podcast is kind of just mind blowing. But I'm glad it you're honestly here. is. Too. I wouldn't change it. Uh, but I, you I are enjoy the more a of the grind or harder ones. Yeah. I, I am in a different camp. I would much, and I've said this before. Like, um, actually, I think I've said this while talking to Elroy. To me, it makes so much more sense and in 100 hours to get all the achievements in the Skyrim. Whereas for him, he'd rather spend that hundred hours and get a million gamer score. I get playing the the easy stuff and blowing through as much as you can as as quick as you can. I've been there. I I, I lived that life. But I, I lived that life when it was a new and exciting yeah. thing. It's not exciting anymore. I mean, we've had like weekly rats or East Asia softs or chili dog or whatever ACAs for like the past, I don't know, at least three, four years. It, and it's it to at a point it gets too much, at least for me. And I know some people are just different breeds of people that they, they've been there before that during that and are still there. But Redemption. I think for a, a majority of people, it, it is kind of faded, at least in you know our community, there are still, the dedicated ones who are going to spend five dollars every week for that visual novel from Radalika to get thousand gamer score in fifteen minutes. I mean, I'm not to say that they game wrong or anything like that because they don't. That's what they want to do. It's fine, but you do you. I think at a point, and, and it depends on you know how you play as well. My time is limited, and no longer is that 15 minutes for a thousand gamer score worth it for my time. Um, and they, and I kind of like not playing them one. I get to play the games I want and two, they're always kind of available to me when I need them for a contest. And at that point they become fun again, but doing them every week, it's just, that's fair. It's a thing that it's a thing of past Corey for, for me personally. 
yeah, that would have been my point is that those games, they have a purpose for me and that purpose is contests uh, <laughs> where we're trying to just knock back completions or gamer score or, I mean, they're not great for TAD at all, but uh, they're great for letters. Uh, so if you're doing a gamer <laughs> tag challenge or something um, or uh, the other weird things that we do around here, um, they're great for that because they're cheap and there's a lot of them. Uh, but yeah, as far as like the, the enjoyment from those games themselves, there's not a whole lot to be found. So, you know, there are a couple, but um, for the most part, yeah, that's that's I've stopped playing them altogether <laughs> and, until something weird happens and somebody needs uh, like a, a seven pointer or a 151 pointer. Yeah, th- I mean, there's a reason GTAS is not based off TA anymore. It, it's just it is too much. But however, we got to that point talking about that versus unobtainables and yeah, crappy right. <laughs> lists i don't know but there you go man if gtas did go back to ta i've got a mound of games i'm sitting on you would be number one on my team buddy <laughs> all right um well if nobody else has anything to say on that let's get on to the game showcase uh who would like to go first I'll throw it up. Pick, pick one of them. They got two games each. Oh, actually, Ellen right. has one. Just mm. Kush. Yeah, Kush has got two. Unless somehow L and Kush put their games in the wrong slot. That's kind of weird. That would be weird. He steals all my answers anyway, so he probably stole my games. I steal them before you even <laughs> use them. Um, all right, Kush, tell me about fours or rising four. <laughs> oh, okay. man. Is that, that the new one? Yes, that is the new Sweet. one. That is the most recent Forza Horizon. <laughs> and, you know, until a week or two from now, that is the most current Forza Horizon. Uh, and so, so what I've been doing lately um, is number one, completing Cardo because uh, that's going away in a couple of days. So I, I did both stacks of that. I used the walkthrough when I needed to. It was late in the game, um, but man, uh, that game was better than uh, I first thought. I know I talked about it when it, when it came to Game Pass, uh, but then the puzzles that they required you to do, they got better, uh, and they got more involved, and kind of like went to a different place than I thought they were going to go. Uh, so I thought that was pretty cool. And if people you know have time and they've already purchased it, it's a great game. But if not, yeah, you can slam it out pretty quickly, about uh, six to eight hours if you follow a guy. Uh, times two, because there's a... PC stack. Did, did you do a text walkthrough or a video? Um, well, let me just tell you. Uh, a text walkthrough would be horrible uh, because... Th- there, there is one have, on TA, is all I'm saying. Yeah, well, maybe. Uh, hopefully it has pictures because it, it does, there's a does, lot of... Yeah. There's orientation that you have to take into consideration. Uh, and then also at the very end of the game, you have to, you have to basically take all these little squares and combine them in a way that... Uh, makes sense for the map like this piece can go next to this piece because the forest can't touch a desert that sort of thing um so i mean that very end could take you a long time if you don't have something to help you or you haven't already started uh doing something similar uh to, to just make them all make sense instead of just having the pieces floating out and you know use them as you need to um but yeah i, I used a mix of the both i i found a good walkthrough guide somewhere else that wasn't on ta uh, and it just had pictures when it needed them. And then there was also this one piece, uh, but that, that was not an achievement focused guide. It was just a credits roll credits guide. Uh, so then I had to supplement, uh, one or two things, uh, either from TA or from YouTube, 
uh, to find like there's this really kind of mind bending puzzle uh, where you have to slide across the ice. And there's like four pieces that have pieces of ice that you can kind of connect in different ways. And the pathways don't always match up and you need to get to this hat uh, that's at the end of this really long convoluted chain. And that part's like, it just melts my brain every time I try to think about it. So I used a video guide to uh, to f- get the quick solution to get to the end of that. And I, I had to do that both times that I did it. So. Okay. Yeah. Like I yeah. said, there's a TA walkthrough. It's only on the Xbox version. Uh-huh. Um, and it seems to be nothing but bullet points and pictures. So maybe it's right yeah, up to pictures. the point and, and good to go. Pictures are great. I mean, pictures are actually better than video when it comes to that because some guy is trying to remember what orientation to put the pieces and he makes a couple of mistakes and he goes back and you're just like, Oh man, I have to skip ahead. Don't you and, hate when they do that? See if you did it the right way. Like just edit your video, dude. Like yeah. trim it down to what's just what's right. Work. Oh man. Jeez. Yeah. Don't make me work for this. Um, so yeah, so that was Cardo. Uh, it's done. Uh, it was a fun little game. I do recommend it. Uh, but then <laughs> I haven't really been playing, playing, uh, except for Forza Horizon 4, because I'm very excited about Forza Horizon 5, and I had seen a lot of talk on the Discord about, hey, if you want to do that that really high ratio achievement in Forza Horizon 4 for doing all the season stuff, 100% in all four seasons from summer all the way back through spring, the end of spring, um, you know, n- now's a good time because it just started the cycle again. Uh, and I was like, oh, man, you know, FOMO. Okay, I'll try it. And and since I knew a bunch of other people were doing it at the same time, like we can kind of mind share, we can kind of say, okay, well here's here's a good uh, you know tuning for this car and, and do all that. So I started it, and uh, I kind of been pulled back in. And it's just fun to go collect things. I hadn't it's done so the DLCs. Good. Yeah, I hadn't done the DLC drive the roads, and I forgot they existed. So that was like number one on my list. Like, oh, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go drive every road because I I'm weird and that's what I like to do. Uh, so I drove every road in both uh, uh, the Fortune Island and in the in the, the the Lego. Man, that Lego is fun. Like my daughter came up and watched me do it. And she's like, "Are you playing Roblox?" I'm like, "No, I would never play Roblox again." <laughs> now that I'm done with it, um, <laughs> like that's not a thing. I don't care what your friends say. It's not a thing. Uh, and then, <laughs> but so she started doing the, the Lego driving too. She's really into that. She she really likes Forza. Um, so she's pretty excited about Forza five. So, so yeah, what have I done? I've locked myself into playing Forza horizon four and it's going to take me three more weeks. And by that point, Forza horizon five will be out and I'm going to be playing four because I'm locked into it. Cause I have to get this stupid achievement because that's Ooh. what I do. Um, what did so, we just yeah. talk about? Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's what I'm doing. Um, I'm just, basically, I'm just trying to keep up to date with, uh, the seasonal challenges, and the nice thing about that is I only have to jump in every two or three days if, I, if I'm if i guaranteed to have enough time to get stuff done. Because uh, most of these things are easy, like go, you know, don't hit anybody for like a minute or, you know, uh, mow down some, some uh, picket fences. That's pretty cool. Uh, but then there are the more difficult challenges like, okay, go beat this race against these unbeatable drivatars. Well, that's like an impossible challenge. You said they were unbeatable. Uh, but it's not that bad if you play with people who are much better than me. Uh, and I just, I pull up, you know, I drag the team down, but just far enough that we can actually win. So, uh, I had to try that like three times on this, this most recent race. Uh, and luckily was able to get it done. It's just fun. Um, it is. The tunings really help. Like if you go into the game, you don't know about the tunings. 
yeah, the game can be really hard. But um, people are out there, and, and for some weird reason, they get joy out of tuning these cars. Uh, and you know, you know, bless them. They know what they're doing because uh, that they make a ton of difference. Like now, I can stay on the road and not fly off the road, which is amazing because that's really important for finishing races. <laughs> is not flying off the road. So, but yeah, that's definitely helpful. That's one <laughs> thing I've never looked into on that game. Now it's well, that's that's yeah. above my pay grade. Maybe that would help you stick with it because the game is really. It's really good with those tunings. Like you can just blast through these challenges. Um, so I am really looking forward to Forza Horizon Five. Like I said, day one when I when I do get in there uh, and I've got all my challenges done for Horizon Four for the day, I will be uh, throwing on the classical music channel and just driving every road because uh, yeah, that's I saw what I your do. Comment on that is that's pretty relaxing for you. It's super zen. Yeah, I just love it. So like at the end of the day, I'll just be like, hey, I'm gonna go knock out the forty roads, and I just like can't drive. I hit a section of the map i just cover every section of that map and then i move on uh it'll be tougher with this game because i don't have all the signs uh the signs are nice because once you get them all you can do uh you can travel for free doesn't cost you any credits so i will probably also be buying the map because finding these signs is a pain in the butt like finding that them is, on the map that's a good business deal three bucks yeah. like you're like three bucks. I could, three bucks for like yeah, I don't know. It saves me a lot of pain as it far as like searching like goes. Hours. It's so like, smart of them. It saves you like 10 hours. It's dumb. I mean, it, it's dumb and it's smart, right? Like we're going to yeah. implement this thing in the game that takes you forever that you have to drive off the road and maybe sometimes a sign will stay on your map. Sometimes it won't. Like even if you're right next to it, sometimes we'll put a pin on your map. Sometimes we won't. Uh, but you buy this little thing for three bucks and they're all there and then you can just have fun chipping away at the game, going get all those signs and then you can do your uh, travel for free. Uh, then that's when the game really opens up for me. So I'm going to do those stupid things first because that's the stupid that I enjoy. Now, I wonder I've, how many of those maps they've sold. I don't know, but I've done that for Forza and I've done that for Assassin's Creed. And I'm a sucker. You know, I'll do it for those games. But not every game, but I will do it for those. Well, the $3 is worth way more than your, you know, eight additional hours of your time. I think so. 100%. I, I, can, I can part with $3. I, I don't feel too bad about that. Would you like find the roads on your own? You could find the damn signs on your own. Damn it, Nate. Well, hey, there's a map for the roads. But the Yeah, but the roads really? are on the map. <laughs> They're on the map. Like, put the signs uh, on the, the map. map. So what, uh, the map. They don't charge you for that. God. But they no, also you have to do the barn <laughs> for a loot oh box, too. The barn oh, yeah, the barn finds. So See, I enjoyed looking for the barn finds. Uh, I do until I don't. Um, like, well, I think you don't about fun, like the third yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> See, yeah, I you, had. You... Go ahead. Uh, I got a Ferrari early on, so like I was just zooming and literally flying through the map, just going all the different directions trying to find them. So that kind of made it easy and kind of enjoyable. Because it may, almost became a game to me. It's just like, hey, how far can I launch myself, and how much <laughs> map can I cover quickly? Yeah, I just didn't. I didn't enjoy just like kind of putzing around and like looking left, looking right, looking behind. You know, just to look to see if I can see a barn and be like, oh, is that the right type of barn? Like that has the door, or no, no, it's not. I was just like, just tell me what where my circle is, and then I'll go get it. Uh, so I actually, I actually really like those maps, and you you can say what you want about me, but uh, that's what I'm going to be doing. It's worth it for three bucks. Now, you may have already kind of answered it because you said you're locked into four for a little bit. 
any chance you're going to look into the premium add-on package to get all the stuff, the VIP, and to play it early? Probably not. Um, to me, it's not worth it. Uh, you know, I've got a lot of seasonal challenges to get done uh, that's not going to make it worth, it. like, what is it, a week early? Something like that? Uh, you get to play on Friday, and it uh-huh. otherwise it's Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. To me, that's not worth it. I don't really use those other cars. I'm going to be swimming in cars in no time. Uh, so I think I can live without them or I'll be swimming in credits and then I can buy the cars. But so you do I'm, get yeah. the two expansion packs, whatever they may be. How and much it, is the premium pass? Uh, with game, with the game pass discount, it's like 45, 46 bucks. It has yeah. two expansion passes that, that you will have achievements most likely because historically they do and they're good expansions. And you get the $18 normally by itself VIP thing. So you get, you know, double credits or, or whatever that, you know, they Whoa. double for you. Does not include the treasure map. You guys are and hurting it's my wallet. I yeah, may not know this about me, but I'm not really a racer guy. So I don't need no, this game race. or the expansion right away. So to me, I'm just going to wait for a sale. Uh, unless people just, you know, unless the FOMO gets too We're paying too big for to Game handle. Pass already. Stop it, you people. Yeah. So my thing is like, if I if I get it eventually, it's like, well, I should have just got it originally. I could have played it four or five days early. So there's like a little bit savings there. And then I'm like, well, if I don't buy it until I'm like 20 hours in, that's 20 hours of double credits I could have got with VIP. Right. <laughs> should have just went ahead and bought it. <laughs> I don't know. And also, if you think about it, it's kind of like what Elle said. You know, we're paying for Game Pass. This game is essentially free because of Game Pass. Well, it is. Like, if you don't have Game Pass and you bought the fifty dollar add-on, you can't. It does you no good. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, I enjoyed four so much that had Game Pass not been a thing, I would be buying Horizon Five. But because Game Pass is a thing, I now don't need to buy Horizon Five. So that money could go to that premium pass to make the Horizon Five experience that much better. And technically, the premium pass is cheaper than the game. Just another way to look at that. Yeah, until people start posting reasons for me to do it, I'm not, I, I feel no pressure. Yeah, I want to see what the cards you get. And what the expansion Once are. people start saying they did it, then everyone does it. That is correct, Nate. Well, I already bought the controller and then I canceled. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty easy to sway. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like that controller. That's true. I, I will have a a uh, more than a premium pass worth of a controller coming shortly after. I thought you canceled. I thought you went with the twentieth. I, I did. Yeah, but you got it, both. No, 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 no. Cancel okay. Forza and getting okay. the twentieth. So, okay. Yeah. Good choice. The twentieth one. How many is controllers so do you need? Much better. Uh, twenty. Play by one yourself. for each limb. I'm not. I'm debating That's not about the not point. even opening oh. it. <laughs> I'll buy it from you in a year when it doesn't go up in value. Sell it to you for one Bitcoin. Just don't buy the Duke. Yeah, right. The Duke uh, is L. terrible. What? Your turn. What game are you talking about? I don't even remember. <laughs> He's over well, here. Good thing we have a doc. That's why we have a doc. Exactly. Mayonnaise. Oh, you posted those Duke mayonnaises you posted looked really good. Those all those different flavors. Oh wait, no food. Yeah, no like food. The one with the touch of lime. <laughs> what? Hey, hint of lime could be 
No, there's no reason for that. Duke's mayonnaise, Hints of not a sponsor, mayonnaise? has a that sampler pack. And, and but we would willingly take one. your sponsorship dollars. <laughs> Duke's, mayonnaise Duke's mayonnaise on every is a live show. And that goes for just about any other food out there. Our, this podcast is for sale. We will welcome sponsors. Anigo Montoya bought me some Duke's mayonnaise as a moving gift. I'm actually considering moving again just to get some more Dukes. This is how much I enjoy them. Anyway. Just, you can't just go buy it yourself? <laughs> oh, I could just do that? <laughs> I guess I can on Amazon, right? I don't know. Haven't looked. Just go to the store. No, they don't have them in uh, New York stores. We have the helmets. Another reason why New York sucks. Yes, New what York's terrible. Dukes New- and Dragons? Yes, New York's Chronicles have- of Mayonnaise. New York has no, no food <laughs> culture whatsoever in New <laughs> no different cultures here alright well I actually had it uh, you actually didn't know how right you were when you said I'd be talking about two games because I kind of am I am talking about Dungeons and Dragons Chronicles of Mistara this uh, hardly counts as a game it's 400 gamer score listen you old coot listen you just here said, you little you just bird. said you couldn't care less about all these numbers and stuff and now you're going to give me a hard time about this you are a hypocritical jerk all right it's only because it's you okay that's fine so <laughs> dungeons and dragons chronicles of mistara is two let me tell you two games in one it contains mm. uh the uh now i forgot it contains the 1994 coin op Dungeons and Dragons Tower of Doom and 1996 Coin Op Dungeons and Dragons Shadow over Mistara. Uh, these are Capcom games, so you know you're getting quality. They are four player games, both local and online. Uh, it is an Xbox 360 game with 400 gamer score, but it is still available. It is backwards compatible. It is $15. I don't know. I doubt it's going to go on sale again anytime soon, but it has been on sale in the past. It's also been on Game Pass in the past. And that's why it has 11,000 starters. But it only has 607 completions. You can add me to that group along with Michelle. Um, This game showed up on my UHH thingy, BCM thing that I've been talking about which finally got us to complete it. It unfortunately has one long grindy achievement called Scavenger for gathering all the treasures. So basically, as you go through the game, you can pick uh, different classes, much like, I don't know, Dungeons and Dragons. Ah. So in the first game, you could pick four characters, and in the second game, you could pick six characters. So they definitely beefed up the second game. It's a little nicer looking and, and longer as well. Uh, the game is nice enough to give you different chapters and checkpoints you can go through, uh, choose from, so you don't have to start from the beginning every time. But it's got a nice little hub, so you can gather the treasures in the game, and then the hub will keep track of the treasures you've collected. Now, the treasures are such where you can find them in a treasure chest or a random drop that an enemy might uh, drop when getting killed, which can be RNG. So thankfully, there's a lot of different sources online. There's there's TA, there's GameFAQs, if you remember that one. That's what us old people used to use. Show me the GameFAQs. Show me the GameFAQs. Uh, the other achievements are mostly just for playing. 
Uh, the thing I really enjoyed about this game also is that the achievement, you can play with four people and the achievements count for everyone and the progress counts for everyone. So it's just a good game. It's, 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 uh, I don't know. I, this I, looks like an L I game. am not a Dungeons and Dragons fan by any means, but I totally enjoyed it. Yeah, it's, it's a beat em up akin to the old TMNT and Streets of Rage and stuff like that. But in 1994, 1996, it actually looked better than a lot of the home consoles out there. Wait, it's that old? Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah. Oh, I totally missed that. If you said that, I'm sorry. I totally missed that. Well, it came out. Yeah, it it features two games, one from 94 and one from 96. And then this came out in 2013 as a package for the 360. And I just realized that the genres are role-playing and beat-em-up, which is very interesting. Uh, I have a buddy who plays games in the... Well, it'd be kind of weird if it was an RPG. I have a, a buddy who plays games in the collection genre. Pretty sure this should count in the collection as well. That's what I was thinking when you said multiple games. It collects two games. So I'm going to have to have a I'm, talk I'm watching that. a video of this, and all they did was rip off Golden Axe. You are absolutely correct. <laughs> you Well, the dwarf character does look like uh, the dwarf from Golden Axe. You wield an axe. It jumps around. You, uh, uh, uh. Yeah, there's definitely that. Um, if you pick the magic user, you use magic. It's pretty funny. The, instead of being called a mage, it's just called the magic user. And you have a cleric, you have a fighter, you have a dwarf, an elf, and a thief. The thief you could just bash into people and steal their stuff. It's always fun when you play these games and the monsters are carrying gold. Like, what are these monsters doing? Just Are they, are they going to the shops and buying stuff from the shopkeepers, these monsters? They always have gold. I don't know. These games bring me back to my my youth. But this is a very solid game, and the TA is pretty high on it. It's worth 983 TA for 400 gamer score. You think Elroy should check it out? Game he's, Pass, he's Elroy's on a beat-em-up kick lately, as evidenced by uh, last week's oh, yeah. soliloquy. And it's two, hour, this is totally two hours of talking about uh, Space Jam. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Michelle and I, in doing the treasure achievement, she actually made a spreadsheet just for that one achievement where she gathered all the ones we were missing and put where to find them. So Michelle uh, helped us out tremendously. Good job, M. Yeah, spreadsheets are the best. And it's just it's satisfying to just knock off the one when you find them, just delete them off the spreadsheet. So there's a certain satisfaction in doing that. So if you see this on sale and have that old beat-em-up itch, I would recommend this. It's uh, Dungeons & Dragons Chronicles of Mistara. All right. Not necessarily my thing, but I can see why you like it. That It actually looks pretty good for as old as it is. Yeah. I think Corey just fell asleep watching that video. Wake up, Corey. I'm here. I'm here. Right. Nate, do you have uh, any... Uh, Experience with this one? Uh, I bought it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Shocker, Nate bought it. It was on sale. It was like two bucks or something. And I said, no, oh, nice. it looks like Golden Axe. Okay, well. It'll be worth your time if you just play through it a run each. All right. Uh, I'm going to go next. Whoa, Kenny, your turn. <clears throat> 
So I have a game that's worth, well, the only game that's worth talking about for me is Empire of Sin. Um, This is a game I kind of, on paper, it looks like something that I would love and I wanted to love it, but it's kind of, eh. It's not something that I hate, but it's not something that I love. And this may scratch a little itch for Corey and I think Nate, because I think you guys kind of like how this game plays. So Empire of Sin, it's a strategy turn-based management game. Now, what those itch three... are you trying to scratch, bud? Hang, hang on. I knew you were going to say <laughs> that. Give me a second. Give me just a second. Those three genres I absolutely love. I know you three absolutely don't could not care less about those three genres. However, I thought you guys kind of like the XCOM type combat. Are you telling me there's a double jump? There is no double uh, oh, double jump. At least no not single I jump. I don't think. <laughs> as far as I've come across, there is no jumping. The turn-based strategy is like that XCOM, Final Fantasy Tactics, Pokemon Conquest type of a game, which. I thought, actually, now I think about it, I thought all three of you guys kind of enjoyed that type of a game. There was a time when I really enjoyed that type of game, yes. I don't think I've scratched that itch in a while. No. Liked. I know you guys aren't in love with that kind of a combat system. What did you get yeah, this game? Like, it, this is a Game Pass game. This actually came to Game Pass a couple months ago. Um, it's something I've been sitting on. I've been interested in it, I just haven't really decided to play it until, you know, recently. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about with the combat, it's basically when you start combat in a building or on the streets or whatever, it goes into, like, a grid-based map, and each character is... Each character has ability points, or AP, so, so you're, you're walking spend, around otherwise, and that's like your encounter. Then the whole yeah, the game kind of changes. Yeah, you're, this is during your encounter um, for your combat. And you can spend the ability points to either attack the enemy, use a special ability or a move or whatever. And depending upon where you are in position towards your opponent, when you go to attack them, you have a percentage of the chance to hit. Obviously, the higher, the better chance it is to hit them. If you like get behind them, it goes up substantially. If they're behind cover, it goes down. Um, but yeah, that's basically the combat. Um, <laughs> I should say the setting. Empire Sin takes place in 1920s Chicago. So during the Pro- Prohibition era, you basically take play- take the role as a gangster. Which, okay, the the world's cool. I'm not in love with that uh, scene. Yeah, time period. I'm not in love with that time period, but I do I do like it. It's interesting enough. Um, that's where like the management part of this comes into play. So as you go around the the map, like if you were to zoom out of the map, it kind of takes it kind of gets away from the detailed map where you can see Chicago and bosses and stuff moving and whatnot and it becomes a little bit more plain so you can so you can manage everything better and the idea of the game is to 
take over different buildings and then turn them into some sort of a factory or whatever for you. So like you could turn it into a brewery to make alcohol for you, a speakeasy, a brothel, or a casino to make money for you. Um, The name of the game is to manage your breweries to be able to produce enough alcohol for all your other businesses. And there's different types of alcohol that you need to make. And depending upon the time of the year or whatever, your customers will prefer one over the other. They'll pay for more, uh, pay more for one than another one. And like you can upgrade your, um, your buildings to where have better security, more storage and stuff like that. That's where the management type comes into play, which I typically really enjoy. Um, in the game, there's like, eh, I want to say like 15 type gangsters that you can play as. And each one has different bonuses. And there's achievements tied to each gangster that you play as. Because there's like some sort of a main story that is attached to each character. And as you complete the story, you earn an achievement. Then there's also an achievement for killing every single different gangster. And that's part of the game. Where when you're going around the map, you will see another gangster and their crew taking over buildings. So you have to attack them. And then there's going to be treaties and wars and whatnot with it. Um, the the part, like, like I said, everything on paper, this game seems like it should be a very Kenny game. And it is in a lot of ways. The problem with it is it doesn't seem, it seems like a, like an indie type game. Like, there's, it just feels clunky. What's wrong with and an indie game? Absolutely nothing, except <laughs> it just feels like one. I think they're trying to do a lot of stuff in this game. They are. They're absolutely trying to do a lot of stuff. And like, if you were to play this, it is pretty in depth. I mean, it's a forty dollar game, and for as much content that's in it, it's that's not an unreasonable price. It is, and like I said, it is on Game Pass if you want to try it. Um. The problem cycling through all the different menus is not super intuitive. And for someone like myself, who I've played a ton of these types of games, I usually don't need to actually think about what I'm doing. I'm cycling through menus. I just go, oh, yep, there, 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 that, this, that. And it's super easy. This one's not as easy. Maybe it's just this game. Maybe it was just the timing of me playing it or whatever. I don't know. And like I said, cycling through the game just feels clunky as well. And then on top of that, all the animations... Well, if you were to tell me that this was a remastered game of a 360, I'd believe you because that's what it very much looks like and how the animation loops are. And also the the dialogue is super cringy. Like, think high school play trying to do 1920s. That's what the, the kind of dialogue is for this. And it's kind of bad cringy. So it's kind of... Eh, in that area but like as far as the gameplay goes like it's it's good if you enjoy these types of games i would definitely try it out um there is a windows stack this may actually play better as a pc game than on the controller i don't know i haven't tried that and also you know it is touch controls if you have x cloud so i actually might try it like that it might be do better as a phone game where I could just touch the menus. And I don't have to like bring up the wheel and whatnot. Yeah, for me, I I really like the the aesthetic. I like the time period um, and the the atmosphere that they have. 
And I even like the screenshots, but it kind of kills it for me when you have to really manage your your mafia here. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, the turn-based, you know, the XCOMI stuff, that's, that's all good. I, I like that stuff. I'm not necessarily really good at it, but... When it comes to managing, managing and strategizing, I just they they lose <laughs> that me. A new word, real you quick. Just made <laughs> yes, managerizing. <laughs> that exact sentiment is how I anticipate all three of you would say. Like, I figured you guys may find some interest in this for the combat, but as soon as it gets to that management part, it just kind of loses you. Which for me, it's almost the complete opposite. I'd rather manage than actually do the combat. Mm-hmm. And like the combat, you can actually simulate it. Like when it goes into the encounter, you can just hit, you know, auto resolve. I don't recommend doing this whatsoever. Like I did one battle. I'm just like, here, just let me auto resolve this. And I went in with four gangsters. Two died. One was basically dead. And the other one, I guess, didn't get decided not to get shot. And I'm like, Nope, no way. And I immediately dashboard and started over. And when I went in and played it myself, I took almost no damage. So the AI is terrible when it comes to that. Don't recommend auto-resolving, but... Yeah. Empire of Sin. Might be worth checking out if that's something you... If that sounds up your alley. That's quite the TA. Yeah, thousand gamer score, sixty one hundred TA. It seems like it's like it seems like it's difficult though. I feel like people would put the time in. It doesn't seem to have a lot of completions. It's a sixty to eighty hour TA or completion. That's what TA says. When you look at the achievement list, there's nothing that screams like, "Oh, this is impossible to complete" or it's "super difficult to complete." It does, however, just say, hey, you're going to be playing the same the same thing over and over and over. And that, like I said, it's just because you have to complete the game with every single gangster and you have to kill every single of the of the gangsters. So it is a night. And it's got xCloud touch controls, too. Yeah. You could play this at work. <laughs> you, you could. <laughs> That would be sinful. I will also say, if this is something you want to try and you are a completionist, um, I would maybe recommend doing it on a different tag because it is fairly easy to get on your tag. But yeah, Empire of Sin. I enjoy it. I'm, I'm going to put some more time into it. I'm not completely done with it yet, but I don't. there's no chance, unless this really starts clicking with me, that I'm going to complete it. And that takes us to Corey. You got the last game. All right. Well, I, I read the memo and uh, I picked a Game Pass game like two of you did. So uh, we're going to keep that train going. And uh, I'm going to talk about Echo Generations, a brand new Xbox Game Pass game. Uh, it is Play Anywhere on PC. It's made by Coco Cucumber. As we mentioned last week, they made River Bond and Planet of the Eyes. Uh, it looks like I've. I should go for the entire Coco Cucumber uh, completion there because I've played all of those. Um, Anyways, Echo Generation is a game that you guys know I like to put things together in order to describe something else. So let me me put all (laughs) these things together and mash them up. If you take 
if you take the visual aesthetics of Riverbond and you take Stranger Things story and then you take South Park Stick of Truth gameplay, you have Echo Generation. So this is a, <laughs> uh, I guess it's a, a role playing game. You take the role of this kid and it's kind of set in the 80s uh, Stranger Things ish vibe. Um, even down to like the, the music and what the story is, because you very quickly find out there's something to do with aliens. Uh, I'm not going to spoil any more beyond that. And so uh, you, you then are set on doing some tasks that lead you to find that story plot. Uh, and then uh, you have to continue uh, to, to basically figure out uh, what's going on with them. I have not beat the game, so I can't exactly say what's going to happen. And I'm following it. Well, I'm playing it without following a guide. So there's that. Look at uh, you. But just like I remember South Park Stick of Truth, because I didn't play, I didn't finish that either. I will finish this game, I promise. Uh, you walk around and you want to talk to everybody. You want to interact with everything because you're going to be picking up uh, food, which is equates to health items. You're going to be uh, finding bits of information by talking to people. Uh, you might find comic books, which if you want the completion, you're going to have to get every comic book. These comic books relate to certain attacks that you can do uh, or, I guess, actions that you or your characters can do. So uh, there is a benefit of picking them up. And then besides all that, you might get an item to help aid you in your quest. So you're going to be roaming around your neighborhood and other adjacent areas. So there's like downtown area, woods... Uh, a highway kind of deal. Uh, so you, you have all of these screens that you will traverse through. And basically the game starts out kind of like a, a bartering game. It's like, okay, you need to go find your sister and take care of, get her out of this house. Well, the sister's not going to leave until you go find a cone. As you're finding your cone, you're going to uh, be introduced to some enemies. Uh, and then you're going to, if you're clicking around everything like I am, you're going to start picking up other things and, and finding them and basically holding on to them in your inventory until somebody needs them. And eventually you're like, okay, I have this for this person who's going to give me this, who I can take to here. Now I can get uh. this. And I don't say, uh, cause I actually like it. Um, I was going to say, that just sounds like fetch quest. And it's kind max. of fetch questy, but the good thing in my eyes, this game, like the, the screens that you're traversing, they don't take long. Now, if you are walking the whole time, maybe, but guess what? Koosh, you hold B and you run. There's a run button? <laughs> Top tip right there. Let me Someone tell you. Tell little, little tree adventures. So yeah, you are, you're running a lot and, and you're going to be revisiting these places and, uh, you're going to have this party with you. Uh, it seems to be your sister the whole time with you. And then you have a pet. Uh, that pet is different characters that you can unlock and swap in and out. And they have their own comic books that have, which means their own attacks and actions and things like that. And as you battle, which is a turn-based battling system, you, you pick which card a comic you know you want to do um you're going to do some damage to the enemy they are going to retaliate and do an attack on you and this is where it gets a little little cool because it's not only about picking a certain card as you do your attack you're going to see you're going to have like a mini game kind of pop up and it's a quick one kind of like those warrior wear games uh and if you do that Ooh. whatever with that mini game if you complete it you get bonus damage. 
And when the boss, or not the boss, but when the enemy does that, an attack to you, you get a shield. And if you're fast enough and just hit that A button when the shield pops up, you take less damage. And so it actually adds a little bit to the, the combat of the game. Uh, additionally, you have skill points that allow you to do better cards. And so these cards might do bleed damage or maybe they heal somebody. Um, and so you have to manage your skill points within that uh, fight. Uh, and then that's that's how all the battles go so far. Um, hmm. What else? Uh, so, yeah, you're walking around, you're battling in a turn-based combat system. Uh, you are completing little quests for people in order to fulfill uh, what they need in order to advance the story and... And yeah, I, I'm really digging the game. Uh, I like the aestheticness of it—the blocky, voxely type uh, characters. Mm. The the sound, the music is something you would think that they ripped off of Stranger Things, uh, which is probably where a lot of this inspiration comes from. Um, so that's really good for me. Uh, I like Stranger Things, so I kind of dig that and this whole mystery alien kind of vibe that uh, it's given off. Um, I, I like the turn-based combat, uh, and yeah, it's really good. I, I kind of, I'm at a point now to where you have to, I've done a lot of stuff. I've talked to every single person. So I'm, I'm looking for like one singular next tasks. And whenever I leave the game and come back, it's, I got to think where I left off. So I'm like looking in my inventory to see if that jogs my memory. Uh, but it's been, it's been fun. Um, I said I was doing it without a walkthrough or anything. They do exist out there. They say that you can do them in three and a half hours. That's how long the walkthroughs are. So if you're following that to a T and pausing and duplicating their actions, I guess uh, you could complete anywhere from like three and a half to probably seven, six, seven hours. TA says eight to ten. Uh, probably maybe true. I think I've spent almost eight hours but again I'm, I'm doing this all on my own and i'm having a good time with it i would probably suggest you do the same unless of course you're in need of uh points i guess you can go and do whatever but echo generation has been really fun i i will probably stay on it until i complete it um the only i only know bits and pieces about the achievements because I, I am playing it i know you want to collect everything and there is a point of no return I think I know that point of no return because I, but I, I think it's a, a spoiler to say. So I'm not going to say it here. It, it just kind of like be aware of it. I think there's a big event that ha happens that I haven't got to yet, and you just want to make sure you have so much collected up to a certain point. So do your research if that make multiple saves. You, you there is you can't do that. It auto saves. Never mind. Um, well, I, I should I should double check that. You do have three save slots, and I know you can delete. I don't know if you can copy. I, I should look into that. Um, otherwise, it just kind of auto saves for you. Um, I think that's so, it. I got a question. What's the world like? Like colorful? Is this and not colorful? <laughs> Thanks. No, I mean like traversing the world is this like an open world game where you just kind of go where you want or is it more linear or is it kind of um, like there's like a hub world map kind of a thing and you click to go to this area and then you can explore this town and go to this area and explore that town or no something there, like that. there's no fast traveling that i've found between screens like you have to go in order like if it goes kind of like from left to right like 
downtown, your neighborhood, and like uh, what's on the right, like uh, like maybe a junkyard road or whatever. If you want it to go from the downtown area to the junkyard, you can't do that. You have to go through your neighborhood, so you have to go through those screens. Um, now, some of them have like locks and stuff that you can't get to, so it's linear in the story, uh, but it's and it's not like a, a open map. Like I mean, you can go wherever you want on the map. It's not like you're stuck to like a rail, but um, it's kind of a cross between the two. Sort of, yeah. Because, I mean, you're going okay. around searching, but you, you do have to walk to the edge of the screen to get to the next area, basically. Oh, uh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So, like, I have some interest in this, but, like, I know it's complete opposite of what you said, but, like, the aesthetics of this kind of, I just look at it and just go, eh. Do, do you like Stranger bo- Things? I, I think the story. And, I like the first season. That's all I've ever watched. I, I think that you would like. Knowing you with turn-based uh, stuff, I think that That's you would like. The, I think you would like the gameplay more than what you're looking at. Uh, I, I happen to dig all of it, so it, it's kind of a perfect mishmash for me. Is there random encounters for the enemies, or is it just no, kind of like go no, here, fight this boss? You can you can see them. There's only been one spot where it did pop up, um, but I was able to. I died there, and one thing that you should know is when you die, uh, you kind of respawn at that screen with half health. All of your party is at half health. Um, you can take inventory items whenever you want, kind of like Pokemon. So you can like eat an apple and get health right then. Uh, but if you go back to your house and sleep, it advances the day kind of, and, and you all get full health. So that's, uh, I guess, a pro tip. Um, but I was able to recreate that quote-unquote random encounter that was the only one i saw so far everything else like you know you're going into it and some of them you can sneak your way around uh but a lot of them like you're gonna have to face them so all right i'm yeah see this i scroll through a video looking a lot of boxes i scroll through a video and i just see uh three raccoons (laughs) yeah (laughs) like yeah this is uh Corey well, that's why Corey likes it. That, that was a, that was a coincidence. It's not why I started it. Or mm-hmm. anything like that. Mm-hmm. There's actually achievements something related to the raccoon, like at the raccoon companion or something or other. You got you got to fight them, which that's like super super early. Uh, one of the first fights in the game, and uh, apparently, yes, there is an achievement where you can apparently recruit one as a one either one of your pets. Nice. Did uh, so. Riverbond look like this? Because this reminds me a little bit of the style of the yes. tourist, just a little bit, anyway. It, it's it's more, it's like um, it's like a mix between the two. Um, it, this has more tiny blocks, which Riverbond had that I recall. Tourist was more like just super square blocky people. Yeah. This was more like a stylized tourist. Yeah, I, I'm really digging it, and I really can't wait to get back to it. Um, uh, I just I like the, the the references and things like that that they make. Uh, the only thing I'm I'm thinking of is like I gotta I want to play this, but I also I gotta do Carto two times. Um, so I, I don't know. I hope to have this completed probably by next week, because um, I might do that Forza thing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. If if you didn't mention this is Game Pass now, I believe this is an Xbox exclusive. Um. Not sure on that. Uh, it is Game Pass. Um, 
River Bond did come out of Game Pass eventually, so this will as as well. Um, but again, it doesn't seem like it's going to be a total uh, hour time sink or whatever. So you probably find waiting, uh, but I, I think it fits the season, the spooky season, a little bit, and uh, yeah. All right. Oh, and you, you come across a dog, and he says, "Sorry, you can't pet me." Not yet. Son of a. He, said, he ah, says, "Not yet." Ah. <laughs> Not yet. Okay. That's a tease. Yeah. It looks like it is exclusive. I think all of I think Coco Cucumber only does Xbox at this point. Well, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Well, it says PC consoles and mobile, so. Uh, it, it is Play Anywhere. I, well, is it? Actually, it doesn't say, but it is on Windows and console. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. It's got, like, it's a cross between, like, I don't think you mentioned, um, you did say Voxel, but you didn't say that it's crossed with, like, Tilt Shift. I don't know what that is. That's probably why. Okay. So Tilt Shift <laughs> is, like, this style that makes things really far away. And um, oh, the focus changes. Yeah, there's like a focus. There's like a softening around the edges and stuff. So it's yep, a really cool combination right. of the two of those. It, yeah, I, yeah, and I, I dig that because yeah, some of yeah. these screens that you're traversing is not only left to right. It there's stuff in the background, and as you maybe like your neighborhood has two streets, and you're going up the the vertical part of the street, and like the the focus changes and the yeah, it's a pretty cool effect i like that yeah what i like to use for reference for tilt shift is like the intro to game of thrones so that that animated world that they're setting up is is very much just very very tilt shifty uh, as they're going through and i i had forgotten how good this thing looked <laughs> oh man oh there's too many games there, there are really two is. brand new voxely type games i bet you this one's going to be the better one <laughs> just saying uh, I've played the other one, and yes, I agree. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe more on that next week. See, it's that it's that art style, man. I just I don't like the uh, expand. What you call the voxel? Your, your, expand your your gamingness, Fufu. Get out of your comfort zone. Yeah, I might on this. It, could, the gameplay is checking all the boxes. It's just when I look at that artwork, it's. I guarantee eh. you have more. It's just fun like Moonclaw Bay. Well, he just said it's probably better. I guarantee you're going to have more fun than this than Empire of Sin. We'll see about that. All right, let's get into sales. Um, I have one. I'm just going. I'm going to mention it real quick. This immediately just off the name, off the name alone, is something that I'm interested. In. It's called Train Station Simulator, and I didn't do a whole lot of looking at this. But just looking at the screenshots on the on TA, this basically looks like a mobile game. This looks like a mobile simulation management game, and I am all about that. I've downloaded a lot of these types of games. Yeah, th- like I said, this just looks like something that I want. It is usually God. I'd missed that before. This is twenty a twenty two dollar game, but and it's down to ten seventy four. So half off. That's quite pricey for that type of a game. Um, <laughs> just, just <laughs> I'm just gonna read off the top review real quick. There's an infinite number of better ways to spend sixty hours of your life. <laughs> so yeah, top review. If that doesn't sell you, I don't know what will. Um, 
L, what you me got? Me turn. Me turn, me turn, me turn. Go ahead. Oh. Um, disregard everything I said earlier and pick up these nice, easy, cheap East Asia Soft games, my favorite dev. Pity Pit. Gross. Hashtag Sunica Attack and Red Death. All for three games combined for seven bucks. Red Death isn't I actually terrible. Like games. Oh, if you didn't like it, then it's amazing. I did like it. Oh. I like the yeah, shoot 'em up. The East Asia East Asia oh, yeah. Soft <laughs> shoot 'em ups are actually pretty good. Yeah, I they're always, fun. I, I always support you buying them. Yeah, Pity Pit was a. But yeah. I didn't play that one. Yeah. It's actually too short. I would like to hear you describe Seneca Attack. <laughs> That's the one I haven't played. Oh, well, it'll be even better. I'll have to look. Okay, now I need to look this up. Billiards. It's it's weird, man. Just from the screens, it's weird. Have you played it? No. All right, I've played it. It's 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 like yeah, you're hitting billiard balls, but like you hit them in the air and you try to get to the goal. It's not like you play pool or anything, so I don't understand that part, but it's just kind of like this, just a puzzly game, I guess. Um, it's not hard, easy, which is why Elle is mentioning it. So, Corey, not did you see the secret message I sent you? Easy game. I did not, but uh, I see a notification. It's a secret message. It's very secret that we're talking about it on air. Seneca attack looks terrible. While you uh, while you have just a few days left, you should get in on the great, great, great sale of Bioshock Trilogy for $10? Oh my gosh. I paid at least three times that much, and I'm not even playing the games. Damn it, Corey. I played more. Okay, I did play more Bioshock 1. Uh, it doesn't seem like it's very long. I think I'm getting close to the end. But it has some good points, so like G-Task points. <laughs> I might just hold off. Oh no! What? It's, it's kind of what what for me. Not loving it. Uh, it is not McDonald's. So I'm I mean, loving it. Get big, it? It's not. I'm not loving it. Big Mac versus Big Sister. <laughs> well, thanks for asking. Uh, the games I'd like to <laughs> talk about. Thank you, thank you, Nate. The games I'd like to talk about are Infinite Beyond the Mind. That's $5 down from 10 It's a platformer. Uh, it has a whopping 22 starts with one completion. Uh, I took a look at this. I bought it because it looks fun to me. Uh, and it's it looks on like sale. A pretty, looks like a pretty solid platformer. Um, kind of an old school NES style. Uh, it has three endings, and they can be earned by basically playing through to the end of the game. Uh, after you beat the boss and do whatever condition you need to do to get that particular type of ending, you can reload your save, do the other condition to get the other ending, reload your save, do the uh, final conditions to get the third ending, and you're good with that part. There's a sub-one-hour speedrun achievement, so completing the game in one hour doesn't say anything about the uh, difficulty, so I think you can do it on easy, obviously. Uh, and there are difficulty-based achievements. There are three difficulty levels. You have to beat the boss at every single one of those. I'm not sure if they stack. I'm sure I could have looked that up on TA before I did that. But this is sales. This is not the uh, the beginning of the show. Uh, the other game I wanted to mention is yet another Zombie Defense HD. It's one doll hair down from five doll hairs. It's a shmup. 
It looks like a twin stick shooter, but they call it a shmup. It's 68 hours and it has a walkthrough. Okay. Uh, I think it's a wave-based shooter um, and it has a walkthrough. So awesome. Those are the two games I'm looking at. All right. I should probably also point out that it's a Y. That's a very rare letter for game contests. So, Yeah, that actually is a good reason to pick that up. If for no other reason, it is $1 and it's a Y. All right. Uh, we have one game that's coming to Game Pass that has been announced as Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. And there's a note here that Corey apparently wants to talk about this. Well, you already stole the thunder because you said it. Yeah, yeah, Grand Theft Auto, uh, the trilogy, uh, the definitive edition that's about to come out, uh, where you buy all three games, well, maybe you're going to be able to buy them separately. I don't know. Uh, They're giving the new version of San Andreas to Xbox Game Pass. Uh, PlayStation 3 gets Grand Theft Auto 3, the new one, so I think we made out on that deal. Um, Yeah, so that's coming to Game Pass. Uh, The day it launches, I think it's November 11th. They'll probably give us three weeks to beat it before the next game comes out. So at least at least three three full days. Um, yeah, I think this actually is going to prevent me from buying the trilogy, which I was thinking about um, because this is like I was going to play like San Andreas or Vice City, and I, I think this one's the better one. I, I don't remember exactly, but that's what everybody if they, says. If they give me a third of the pie, I probably won't buy the rest of the pie. You know, and plus. I think they'll probably cycle in the other ones in like one at a time. And so, then the end of the year wouldn't surprise me this year, next year that that'll be super cheap. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it does look good. If you haven't seen, like they did a comparison trailer and uh, I think it's actually going to be pretty fun. Uh, I, I will hop into it for sure. See, I've never played San Andreas and I think this is the one you can get fat in. Yeah, it is. You could work out. So I guess you could do the opposite of getting fat if you really wanted to. But true. Yeah, sure. this is this is I think when they Goals. really leaned into like the sandbox type of a uh, uh, open world. Yeah, it's the first game where you can swim without dying. <laughs> See, I've never played a Grand Theft Auto really. In Vice City, if you tap, if you touch a puddle, you die. I like three. See, when it comes to the trilogy, I'm I really want to play three, the remastered version of three, because that was the one I always played the most of. I liked Vice Probably City. I like two. Oh, I'm sure three is age like milk. There's, I I would be surprised <laughs> if you go back to the PlayStation Two and play that. It's any good. But I think there's quality of life stuff that they added. Right, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I don't remember Controls. what it is, but uh, probably like a weapon wheel and handling. I don't know. It would probably been be fine. To this. I know. I know. I'm not going to play this because I'm not going to buy it. However, if it comes to Game Pass, I will probably jump into at least two of them. But as far as actually playing or buying it, nah. Well, if you're going the free route, I recommend hopping on it and sticking to it because it will probably have a short stay in Game Pass and two weeks will be not a lot of time to to do it. All right. Uh, let's get into coming real soon. 
Uh, November 2nd, there's a game coming. Nate, go ahead and talk about it. Yes, the game that I'm going to talk about is Conway Disappearance at Dahlia View. And that is a that's that a lot of words. That is such a name. That's a title. That is a title. Um, this oh gosh, did I write down the developer? Bah, 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 bah. Maybe you I don't know. might have write down it. White paper games. <laughs> <laughs> White paper games. There you go. When eight-year-old Charlotte May is reported missing from Dahlia View, retired detective Robert Conway launches his own investigation into her disappearance. Lead the investigation and uncover dark secrets in a story-driven observational thriller from the creators of The Occupation and Ether One. Uh, explore Dahlia View, solve puzzles, and investigate residents to discover new evidence, profile suspects, and piece together your investigation. Um, in looking at the trailers and the screenshots on Steam, because the TA page is currently lacking, uh, this looks like a video game adaptation of Rear uh, Rear View Window or Rear Window. I can't remember which one. The Alfred Hitchcock movie um, where Jimmy Stewart is uh, looking out the window and trying to solve uh, what he thinks is a murder in his neighborhood. Um, this this looks amazing. The quality of this game is super high. Uh, and the same thing was true of The Occupation. I, I thought it looked really good. Um, I, I'm kind of surprised that this developer hasn't gotten more of a following. Um, and also that I haven't played these games, but I, maybe they take time and that's why I don't play them. Uh, but it looks great to me. Uh, it looks super high quality. I assume that at, uh, at launch it's going to be... 30 or 40 dollars uh, these are not like 60 dollar games but these are around the 30 40 price um and this looks really good so i if you're into those types of uh, investigation type games where you are uh, solving puzzles but you're also kind of piecing together uh, the story just from what you're seeing uh, it looks like this has that type of um sherlock holmes type of well, what do you think happened um, and like, how are you going to, uh, prove that this person did this or point your finger at who you think the murderer is? So it looks pretty cool. Uh, check it out. All right. Also coming November 2nd is a game called unpacking. Now this game is coming to game pass. So it's, you know, free. That's a nice part. And it is. And Unpacking is a Zen puzzle game about the familiar experiences of pulling possessions out of boxes and fitting them into a new home. Doesn't that sound uh, so Zen? It it looks very Zen. It, it I don't necessarily know if it how puzzly it's going to be, but it's exactly like oh, I just said. You have a new home. There's some boxes with some stuff in it, and you have to pull the stuff out and you put it in your house and just kind of put them in the place it, it it just looks very zen very calming like something you might do before bed i don't know it's game pass so it's free it looks like it'd be really good with a mouse but not a controller yes yeah, you're moving I some small things definitely agree with that so i think this came out yeah. on pc first and um i heard about it and it basically has emergent storytelling so you're kind of moving through someone's history of moving. So all these things are like one person with, you know, you know, moving into the room, moving to their first, you know, the college dorm, moving to the first house, moving, you know, all that sort of fun stuff. And like the, the, it's emergent storytelling. So like you have to look for the story. So in like one scene, you you find one boot, you know, just like when you're moving, you're like, oh, why do I have one boot? And then like a move later or whatever, you find the other boot in this box. 
Um, so just kind of crazy stuff like that. It, it just sounds really creative and, you know, there's nothing like it. So I think it sounds cool. I, I agree. I, I will be checking this out. It's got soundtrack awards. Uh, there's no timing and no scores. You just play the game at your pace kind of deal. I think it would be really good to throw it on while, while doing something else. Actually, now I think about it, would probably make a pretty good editing game. Something you can play while editing. Wait, I don't I don't do that. I wholly focus on this show. Uh November third. Game L, what game is coming out that you want to talk about? All right, the game I'm talking about is the Solitaire Conspiracy, which is just mind boggling to me. It is solitaire with a story. Let me repeat. Solitaire with a story. How? No, I, I don't know. And it's one of these <laughs> FMV games, too. This is wild. Is it an FMV? Yeah. This is I, like crazy stuff. I haven't stuff. got to that part yet. It does look like competitive it's solitaire. It's short. <laughs> looks like a Steam thing. It's the third Bithle short. Yeah, it looks like you recruit a team and you're playing solitaire. Uh, this is crazy. You must master the unique powers of each crew in a game of tactical solitaire like none you've ever played before. Guide your crew's home in a tale of intrigue where nobody can be trusted. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Those are two words that should not go together. This is either brilliant or terrible. I guess time will tell. It's got very positive reviews on Steam. I I think it will probably actually be good. (laughs) (laughs) Very interesting. Tactical solitaire. That just makes me want to play it. That just sounds yeah. so bizarre. It sounds very interesting. All right, and Corey, you got the last game. What game you want to talk about? All right, so on Friday, November 5th, of course you're going to have Call of Duty Vanguard and Forza 5 for those itchy premium buyers. But the game that I'm talking about is completely Way black. Worse and green that is it and it is called pucan bye bye and if you have heard of the game trap adventure trap adventure 2 you're going to know what this game's like it's a rage game it's a troll game it's a platformer yes so what looks like simple platforming levels will make you pull your hair out because maybe you need to jump over a spike you jump to the block over the spike the spike moves to right under you. You have to, like, it's a lot of trial and error type of game. Now, why would I bring this up? Because it doesn't look super good uh, visually. It seems like a rage-inducing game. I will buy this game, and the reason I'm bringing it up is because it is published by Chili Dog Interactive, and I have beef with Chili Dog Interactive because they make easy games. They put cheat codes in and stuff like that. <laughs> if this game has that, I will not play it. If it comes out and is actual list that's like steam where you have to complete the whole game there's no cheating i will buy this game pucan bye-bye that's what it's called look it up beef with chili dog sounds delicious by the way (laughs) it does sound delicious (laughs) yes the best kind of beef yeah sonic would be proud i first nice i first looked at these screenshots i went oh this is terrible i have no interest in this i watched a video i now have some interest in it this will be a fantastic stream game it, it, it seems fun. Like it just because it's like rage and 
trolley and stuff, I, I want to experience it because those trap games are, I think, mobile only. So, yeah, sure, put it in front of me where I can get achievements. Um, but I don't want easy achievements. And the publisher's known for it, so I, I gotta... I, I gotta put it out there in the world. It needs to be hard. I've never heard of this this genre of trap game before. I, I it's it's not new, but I, I think it had like a resurgence. What would what would be a um, a well known game in that genre? Just um, trolls on the only uh, one Super I Mario? know is Trap Adventure. I, I okay. don't know of a, a well like yeah, I like Kaizo Mario. I guess if you know what Kaizo is. That's the closest in my mind is this the troll Mario Maker levels. It's just I, I do love this where you're jumping and all of a sudden this block swings down and smacks you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's so rude. I've I've watched lots of people play games like this, like on Facebook or whatever, where it periodically pops up. And I want to try a game like this, but I never have. The closest I've ever gotten to it was the Impossible game, which was like some little like indie arcade game on the 360 that was that pretty didn't have po- that was pretty po- uh, popular right the impossible game i think it was I, it's been so long and since i, I heard enjoyed that, name. that i enjoyed that game a lot so yeah pookin bye bye i might have to check that out um let's continue on let's get into some contests uh l rtdl rtdl's fun it is we haven't talked about RTDL in a minute. I'm glad you put it there. Yeah. What the L? What the L, yo? Oh, yeah. ZZ Urban Spaceman still uh, cranking out new bots for this guy and all new fun stuff. It Basically, if you're new to the random to-do list, you get a random list of 25 achievements from your collection that you try to go for in a given month. Um, you can... Curate your list however you like. If you want to put all your games out there, you can. If you want to curate to put only games you want to play, you can do that. Um, There's a new thing called Easy Mode where it'll only draw new, uh, excuse me, low ratio achievements. And there's something called Scavenger where it will not show you what achievements you have to go for. It'll just show you their... um, it won't show you anything. It'll just show you what game it's from and be in the order of from lowest to highest ratio. And once you start unlocking them, you can try to figure out around where the ratio is for the other achievements. And uh, for a lot of people, that's the fun in it in itself. So random to-do list is always a good time. Uh, Spaceman is doing a new thing where if you get the 25 out of 25 full combo, you can pick a new verb for the RTDL bot. And if you go into nice. the RTDL channel, you'll know what that means. Whenever you unlock an achievement, it tells you how you unlocked it with a verb. Uh, I got the full combo last month, and I sent him my verb, and it is a secret. When it comes out, you'll know it's mine. Sandwiches right, is not a verb. I don't think it's a guaranteed. Right? Sandwiched. Is you get, I, I you get entered? Sandwiched is already there. That's that's uh, it's not sandwiched. <laughs> I think you're right, Nate. Uh, yeah, I think you get entered like, to to be the person. Yeah, just mostly it only happens to one person. Yeah, he has one what? verb per month. What? Or... Sandwiching? No, no, that's 
He's going to add one verb per month and pick from the pool of people who got a full completion. Oh, I mean, that's what he's saying. I'm sure you can convince him otherwise if more than one get it. But we'll see. All right. Anyway, thanks, man, to uh, ZZ Urban Space Man for keeping the RTDL afloat. Curate your lists. Curate your lists now because they will be drawn on... Uh, the eve, uh, I guess Halloween, during during trick-or-treating time, it'll be, the new lists will come out for November. Your treat will be the RTDL coming out. Give me some candy. All right, and Nate, give us a rundown, Gamertag. Sure. So earlier I talked about a game called Yet Another Zombie Defense HD and said, hey, that Y is great for contests where you have to spell things. Well, guess what? The GTC is a contest where you have to spell things. And in that, you are spelling uh, the randomly picked uh, patron gamer tag for that month. Uh, last mm. month, or actually this current month, I should say, it's Legohead1977. There's a whole bunch of rules for how you can spell letters or how you can uh, pick letters out of the names and such. Uh, we also have wildcard games and bonuses that happen to do with the patron uh, most times. And for Legohead, his wildcard game is a new achievement or previous completion in the Bioshock series. And his bonus is, ooh, scary, scary, achievements that have horror-related words on our blood scream. Uh, and one bonus for all per unique variance not allowed. If you have any questions about the Gamertag Challenge, go to the Gamertag Challenge channel in the Discord and ask them there, and we will deal with them then. Um, we have picked our patron for next month, but we are not going to tell you because we don't do that. And we certainly... Won't drop any clues in the Gamertag Challenge channel. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, it's not you. Oh. You're not a patron. All right. And with that, let's get to Brag Can't. Take it away, Corey. For completions, we have last week's guest on here. Vulgar Latin has passed 600 completed games, and poor, poor MDP has completed 850 games. In ratio, Ace has reached new milestone from the Down Under. The Down Under? Is that what it's really the called? Dunder. The yeah. Dunder Mifflin. With a TA ratio of 1.4. In streaks, iMike Zero is currently on a 50-day streak, and he is accompanied by Chewy on Ice, Crazy Catman, and Kitty Skies, all with 50 days. Retro Chief 1969 is currently on a 300-day achievement win streak. It's Alive X is currently on a 400-day achievement win streak. And Bastion Reader is ringing in at 1,400 days. In gamer score, Toby Lynn has reached 300,000. Yeah, Toby. Dun- Dunkos has finally waken up and hit 600,000. RPG Davey, 850,000. And Jinga Garten, I hope I'm saying that right, has hit the big 1 million gamer score. Yay. Congratulations on that. In leaderboards, Hat 90 is in the top 2,000 of the Europe TA difference leaderboard for automobile. How many leaderboards are you on? All of them. Oh. Is automobile part of sports? No, that's, a, that's why it's a different leaderboard. It is if you're a car. Or if you're a, if you're a sports car. Saban Rothschild's in the top 10,000 of the max possible completion percentage leaderboard. And XNeo21X is in the top 5,000 of the gamer score leaderboard for stealth. We're in too stealthy, bud, because I found the leaderboard. 
post. In Bragg's, uh, Echo completed Halo Wars. Nice job. Nice. And Retro Chief completed You Don't Know Jack, which is quite the completion. You have to play all the episodes and get the wrong answer of the game, and it's a pain. But nice job to everyone. Make sure you are friends with our account on TA so we can read your milestones. All right. Well, that will do it for us this week. Time for the outro stuff. Big one. Live show is next week. We'll be live on Twitch. We'll do this the panel. We'll do some pre-gaming, some after-gaming. There'll be ducky races. It'll start somewhere around 9 Eastern. And while you're over checking out the Twitch, make sure to give us a follow. If you got Amazon Prime, you can subscribe to us for free. Give us that free Prime sub, and all of our Prime or all of our subscribers do get entered in to win, um, the to win something. A like, fabulous prize. That's, that's what I'm looking for. It's late, and also just for tuning in and watching us, you get entered into the giveaways. So be sure to check us out. Twitch.tv slash age101. If you ever want to get in contact with us, be sure to send us a Twitter tweet on the Twitter at Achievements101. Also join the Discord, discord.io slash age101. Follow us on YouTube, YouTube slash Achievement101. And if you are so able to, Patreon, patreon.com slash achievement hunting 101. We greatly appreciate all of our patrons and those that are able to donate. Uh, it really helps us out, keeps us all these giveaways going, helps us run diff- all the different contests. Couldn't do this without our patrons. And they will be doing, and there will be a patron giveaway. The drawing will be live next week. So all the links for all of our stuff is in the show notes. And then once again, please, if you are able to donate, donate to Devin's Extra Life. There's a bunch of incentives. The link for that is in the show notes. Thank you for those that are able to donate. It is a fantastic cause. It goes to a children's hospital. But with that, thank you all for listening. See you next week. Bye. Oh, bye-bye. Bye. Welcome back to One List, Two List, Bad List, Good List, a segment where we take a look at the achievement list of a couple of games, one that makes us feel warm inside, and one that makes us grab a sweater. What exactly makes those lists good or bad? Well, that's what we will be discussing. This is One List, Two List, Bad List, Good List. I am Elroy OMJ, and I am joined today by an individual who is looking for a six-fingered man to murderize. He is Anigo Montoya. Hey, Elroy. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> I'm never going to get tired of using those references. And if you so. if you find or know the whereabouts of this six-fingered man, <laughs> please alert me immediately, okay? Yeah, you just want to have a nice talk. With yes, you know, just a yeah, little discussion. You're, you're going to go stealth game and, and 
just monitoring from the bushes, <laughs> I'm sure. Throw 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 a couple of coins and do a takedown. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, what is that? I should go look. Uh, <laughs> you can think I think so highly of that genre, but that's a previous. That's in the previous one. All right, so uh, so uh, Mr. Anigo, what game has done the unthinkable this time? Uh, this is a game wheelspin frenzy and frenzy. they are it's a game developed by mental moose games and it comes Kush likes them i think i, I would hope so um <laughs> i don't think he has played it though uh, so we may have, to mi- have he, he, he's saving it for a milestone he's saving it for a milestone yes that that i, I think <laughs> i would hope that's what he's doing with it yeah if not we go. may have to have a have a sit down conversation with him. He also may or may not know where the six fingered man's at. Yeah. So we'll have a, a mooser mention. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It might've worked. Who knows? Okay. Yeah. So th- this game is, uh, uh, comes in at a whopping price tag at $3 and 99 cents. Um, That's a so deal. It's, it's not a heavy <laughs> monetary investment, uh, but it is one that, it just leaves a lot to be desired. <laughs> uh, it, the reason... Okay, for full, I guess, disclosure, this is not a hard or difficult achievement list. It is just supremely uninspiring. <laughs> I mean, it mm. is... It, it's literally <laughs> a, a situation where the developers had to put an achievement list on it and they just packed it in. And said, <laughs> let's just do this, 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 and this. <laughs> so, the game has 11 achievements in it. Seven of which are cumulative-based. Mm-hmm. If that kind of gives you an idea of the road this is heading down. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I in, in full disclosure, both you and I have the completion on us. So, both of us have, gone th- have endured this. Yes. And it, it's... For all intents and purposes, it's not a bad game in and of itself. It's just that the completion is just pretty painful. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good description. To give you an idea, uh, the last achievement I earned in the game was to destroy 500 barriers. Mm. Um, This is... Oh, yeah. It's not an action that really comes natural in the game, in fact, it requires you to play the game in a very unnatural way, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I have gripes about that. Uh, did you do? Did you use the solution that the, the one solution? I did. Okay, yeah, yeah, Excellent. and I think I, I was to. watching TV and and just kind of mindlessly <laughs> going through it when I did that. Because number one, barriers aren't exactly abundant in the game. <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> there are few and far between. And then the, the game's asking you to destroy 500 of them, and you're also playing a racing game, which, I don't know, you've played probably more <laughs> than Wheel Spin Frenzy in the racing genre. The whole principle of racing is generally to win. And, and to not hit the barriers. And to not hit barriers, and to <laughs> race somewhat as cleanly as possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hear that is uh, kind of the the formula, if you will. Yes, that's what most racing games are premised on. Uh, 
Hmm. Well, all these cumulative achievements are surrounded destroying things. <laughs> now, could you argue that that is the frenzy part? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think you could. Yeah. yeah, your wheels are spinning in a frenzy type fashion because you just keep crashing into all this crap everywhere. Or, Maybe or uh, just driving like a like a <laughs> maniac, like a frenzied maniac. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it just seems so out of place, and to make seven <laughs> of your eleven achievements <laughs> surrounding yeah. that, it's. You know, like, what was the thought process there? That's what I wanted to Because there oh, was I have, potential I have several great questions. achievements. Yes. What's that? I, oh, I have several questions about that. Absolutely. So, the, like, wh- where did they get these numbers from? So, like, if they just used the same number for each one, that'd be one thing. But they're like, nah, let's do, uh, I don't know, a thousand crops. Yeah, that sounds good. A thousand fences, yeah. And then, I don't know, how about... 500 barriers. Yeah, we didn't put a whole lot of those in the game. And uh, yeah, that sounds about right. And yeah, yeah, fi- you know, it's just like random. I don't know. That's just it. It was just, you random, know, spray fired yeah. all over the place. Yeah. There was no consistency, even from achievement to achievement. Right. So, like something that had, uh, that was in every stage, you get a thousand. And then something that shows up in like two stages, maybe, you know, or, you know, is much less plentiful gets the 500 on it, you know. So, and then something that's even more plentiful than them gets 100, or, you know, it's just, I don't know, it's just supply and demand. Is that what we're looking at here? I, I think so. <laughs> I think so, because it, obviously there was a lot more fences and, and, and crops than there were you know, the, the barriers. So the numbers do vary. I think you're on the, the right path there. There's, there was more of those. So they made the numbers higher, but for a game. And as you're going through the quote unquote campaign in the game, it, it requires you to complete all of the four areas, their tracks, but there was a lot of potential here. Uh, Cause some of the, to unlock the tracks, you had to basically, you know, meet certain time requirements like you had to get a a a lap time of whatever in one of the tracks to unlock the next track Mm -hmm. okay you know what was wrong with maybe kind of slanting some of the achievements in that direction and that that's that's kind of where i had a little bit of issue with it Mm -hmm. is there was a, a lot of potential there to maybe get some lap time achievements in there or something you know or Maybe use a one of there was nothing to inspire you to want to use any of the different vehicles within the game. Again, (laughs) a route you could have went down um, to kind of get people to experience, (laughs) Uh, or at least you know compel them (laughs) to try something different. Because there's a ton of vehicles in this game. Yeah, and they you don't ever really use them i mean it seems like a, a couple of stages didn't, didn't force you to use it on like maybe a couple of stages but there was way more vehicles than i ever used yeah exactly i think there was one or two stages where you had to use a specific vehicle but it was only one or two and then after that you were just and obviously <laughs> you want to use the best vehicle the fastest but mm-hmm. why not create the challenge of trying to win the race with like the school bus or something, you know, which is yeah, one yeah. of the slower vehicles. Okay. Again, create the inspiration and compel the player to, to try out the different avenues instead of everything is just destroy, destroy, destroy. 
Mm-hmm. Again, <laughs> not exactly creating any inspiration for the gamer themselves. <laughs> right. And for those of you who are like, oh, that's no big deal. I'll have, you know, my little nephew do it uh, or, you know, your little... Uh, uh, computerized nephew uh, right. complete the task for you. Or your um, real nephew. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, it can be either or. I mean, you know, whatever. And the, uh, the, the problem I had was that it was just random and complicated enough that you couldn't get a good... Yep. Uh, uh, script really going on it, so I I had to sit there and just do it. The 500 barriers about destroyed me, and then the this this traffic 500 traffic signs wasn't too far behind that, and uh, yeah, those were awful. And and, and you so, are a hundred percent spot on too about the nephew because it was just enough to where you couldn't even yeah you couldn't do anything at all. You could you couldn't adjust for yep. every variable. It just barely it was so close. Yep. You could almost get it and then it something would because it'll start you at a different position, yes. like starting position, and then you try to make it where it all equalizes in some area, but there's just it's just there's just like two things just too random and it couldn't get to work. And I was like, by the time I get this down, I could have just done it. So yeah, yeah, yeah it just bothered me. And I went through that same headache you did. I, I tried with the nephew and I finally said, geez, uh, in the 30, 45 minutes I took trying to set this up. I'm like, yep. I'd already be an hour deep into to grinding this. So yep, let me yep. just do it the old fashioned way. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but well, you know, and I have another confession here. Um, I just clicked on our game comparison there and our times on this game. It's an eight to ten hour completion, allegedly. And I clocked in at 11 hours and one minute. But you, my friend, <laughs> you took it above and beyond. You went the full 13 hours and seven minutes. So, which is remarkable given that you raced four less races than me and also drove about uh i don't know ten thousand less miles than me it looks like yep so yeah that's that i'm not sure how that happens uh, uh, maybe an extended restroom break uh that's the exactly nephew got, what happened the nephew got got stuck a few times <laughs> or wh- whatever i was watching on tv became a lot more compelling <laughs> Which would not take much in this game. No, it would not. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a pretty good list. Yeah, that that one was. Ugh, that one, I mean, again, not a bad game. Just yeah, the achievement. Those last couple achievements, just yeah. You know, I, I'm just you're like I'm in so deep. I might as well finish it. But ugh, yeah, really, for what you do with the game, uh, and then the TA that it yields, and again, yeah, the uninspired list. It, it's just got a lot working against it. I just can't yeah. recommend it to anybody. There's there's so many other quality racing games out there to spend ten to fifteen hours in than, than lot, doing this. <laughs> a lot of other quality four dollar games as well. Yes. I can introduce you to my friend the rat. <laughs> <laughs> and Zinlon with their with their yeah. title updates. There you go. <laughs> You're gonna get a lot more bang gift. for your buck. <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving. Yes. <laughs> well, you want to? Shall we? Shall we change courses? I, I think we should because we need to get that bad taste out of our mouths. Uh, so, so with that being said, like we got to get something good going on here. Oh so man! To, give give us some good news. Let's sing some heaps of praise here. 
All right. Well, I got you. I got you. So my good list comes no other than Mayhem Brawler. That was Mayhem Brawler. So uh, Mayhem Brawler was published by uh, Hero Concept. I only mentioned that because uh, they have one other they're known for only one other series of games it's actually a series of two games um but are you familiar with the dolines series i am not oh man okay i did a whole review of the dolines series way back when um and there was one character in particular that stole my heart that was my boy smash he was like basically an emoji with just ripped arms coming out from each side and you he was just indestructible and and i said that dolines need to come out with a sequel called super smash brother and <laughs> and uh make it all about smash but instead they released a turd that uh, i still haven't played I, I tried it and i i'm so fortunate i i figured out i saw through it before i accidentally got an achievement on my list so uh so i have no attachment to that game probably won't play it and by probably i mean i won't now uh but i did get the i was the first to get several achievements in dolings so it's it was one of the first games that i had ever gotten the was the first one to ever get an achievement like where no one else had the achievement and i was the first one so that was uh that was cool to me don't you love your inbox after that uh, uh yeah well <laughs> fortunately these were ones that were pretty easy it's just nobody wanted to grind them out but i was like dang it i'm gonna grind it out and be the first one to get it so especially with the smash there was like a couple of smash uh centric ones and so i got the first ones on a couple of the smash ones which just happened to have some really awesome icon art on it with a big flexing bicep on it so i was pretty proud of that and uh so anyway i have a soft spot in my heart for hero concept and that sequel they made of Dolines left a really terrible uh, taste in my mouth, and I'm still waiting on an official apology from Hero Concept. But <laughs> this game, which is Mayhem Brawler, is a very good start. So I think I have forgiven them because of Mayhem Brawler, which is a six to eight hour completion. I got it in six and a half. So I guess I was on the lower end on this one. It is a beat 'em up, it's $20. But can you put a price on a good beat em up? I mean, come on. That's, I mean, $20, that's a steal. And it's worth 2,400 TA, massively overinflated. I'm sure that'll go down soon. And you get 26 Chivos for beating things up. So there you go. That's your overview. And why is this a good one? So here you go. This is why I am recommending it. So this is a case of a game list or an achievement list that comes with a short game. So if it's a shorter game and the developers are proud of it, you should design an achievement list that shows off everything there is to see for it. Especially, I mean, if it's a short game. Now, if it's a longer game, I don't necessarily like that because then you're you're talking like an 80-hour completion. But if it's a short game, I do like this because you you took the time and you're proud of it. Go ahead and like basically have the achievements serve as a tour guide, if you will, right? Yep. And so, yeah, and they, they have you do everything there is to do in the game that's of note, and then maybe add a couple fun ones in there that will cause you to play the game a little differently and give you a little bit of a little more challenge and uh, then call it a day. So that is exactly what this game does. So this list, uh, 
it hits the the marks of game exploration in that the game itself um, is the scope of it. So there's seven stages uh, with the way the game plays out is it's like a, I'm sure you're old enough to remember the old choose your adventure books, you know, where you oh, turn absolutely. the page. Yeah. Yep. I, had a, I had a bunch of those Indiana Jones ones. Uh, those are the ones I had. I don't know. I'm sure there's other ones. I think I had some GI Joe ones too, but, um, but yeah, it's like, you know, there's some soldiers coming down the hallway, turn to 37, page 37. If you want to flee, turn to page 16. If you want to fight, and then you're like, oh, I better run away. I don't want him to hurt me. You get shot in the back. Your adventure is over. The end. <laughs> you know, I like, always loved it when you took the safe route, <laughs> yeah. but it was never quite that safe. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that is not how we want you to read this book. So then, uh, yeah. So it, it kind of is like that, but not not quite that dramatic. But, um, <laughs> but they have a, it's like a choose your adventure style where you beat the stage and then they give you an option. And, I couldn't tell you exactly what was going on because this game did allow you to skip the cutscenes, but it looks like at the end of each, uh, of each stage, you get some kind of moral choice where you could take like a, like a, well, it wasn't even necessarily a good path or a bad path, but it's not like, uh, was that uh, army of two, the guy that rapes the panda. Um, um, I have not, I I've only played one army of two game, but oh, okay. I don't know if I want to play the others. If it involves some <laughs> yeah. panda raping. Spoiler, spoiler alert. <laughs> right? uh, you re- you're in the zoo and you get a decision to make. Uh, I guess you know what the bad, the bad decision is. Um, well, so I, I, I guess it depends <laughs> on who you are. I mean, yeah, I mean yeah, maybe it yeah. might not be a bad yeah. decision for some, <laughs> I mean, I'm not judging here. Right. Yeah. So, but uh, it it wasn't quite like that. It was more like, which direction you want to go? You want to go to the junkyard and fight a bunch of, you know, meth heads or something? Or do you want to go to uh, the prison and beat up on some, you know, whatever. So it's, it's like you choose your adventure kind of. So, but uh, each one of the stages has, you have to, beat each stage in order to get an achievement so you're ultimately going to go everywhere but uh but it does give the illusion of choice and when you after you've already got an achievement like on your third playthrough uh you basically are just going to start choosing stages in your fourth playthrough you also actually uh you're going to pl- basically choose the stages you're best at so uh so that you don't you know have to redo anything so but it uh the there's three characters okay so there's three characters and there's an achievement based on using each one of the three uh for seven stages is the way the achievement describes it so you get the living weapon chivo for beating it with the mustache guy uh you get the telekinesis achievement for beating it with the chick and then you get uh the powerhouse for the you know, crap brick house dude, uh, that, uh, you know, the, the stereotypical, uh, what's it? What's, I can never remember that guy's name. The guy that wears the, uh, in the cap, uh, final fight, uh, Haggard, Haggard? Is it Haggard? This you little, got me. Oh, man. I'm he, a little lost here. Okay. He's, he's like, you know, they always have like one big dude that, like, just, you know, like punches everyone in the head, you know, like, you know, Fezzik style, you know, <laughs> and then you have, they have the chick and then they got like the, the, the well-rounded dude that's just not really good at anything, but he's just your average guy. So that's kind of, the, they kind of kept the script on that one. So, so you have to play seven stages with each one, but each playthrough is seven stages. So you might as well just play it straight through with each one. And you, 
you you could theoretically play like three stages with one, then switch to another one, play them for three stages or something like that. But you do have to get to the penultimate stage of the uh, of the game with each one of them because it'll trigger the final stage, which is pretty much predetermined. As far as I could tell, you didn't have to choose a certain path. And there's several achievements that are triggered by that. So, for example, they have the orange is the new black Chivo, uh, which is this stage that you will have to play through if you use the mustache guy. Uh, and then there's one, uh, I forget what the version is for the other two, but there's a specific, um, like the chick, you go into the to the uh, the police warden or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget what I forget what the name of that achievement is, but but each one has a final stage that's unique to them, and they get. Uh, there's an achievement uh, for basically seeing the three endings. And so I was like, oh, crap, I got to figure out what uh, path to take to get a different end. I may actually have to pay attention to the cutscenes here to figure out what's going on, like pick a noble path, a crappy path, and an <laughs> ambiguous path or something. But no, you just have to get to the final stage with each of the three characters, and then those are the three endings. So you don't actually have to worry about that. So, so that's kind of cool. But anyway, you are playing each stage. You have to play each stage, and then you're forced to use all three characters. And then the game has two modes in it. So guess what? You're forced to play both modes. So you have the regular mode, which is the story mode, and then you have the arcade mode, which is basically you get one coin, you can't continue. And it sounds a little challenging, but by the time you get to that, you're really good at the game after... I mean, if you play it after doing the campaign. Uh, I got it first try, honestly, and... It's it's statistically the hardest achievement in the game, uh, in the game being Mayhem Brawler, and so uh, it is got a whopping three point six six ratio. But I, th- I mean, again, I, I think it's just it's still a new game, so it's going to go down. But uh, basically, if you're playing the game, save that for last. You'll know how to play the game right, and then you'll also know which stages are the easiest ones, and then just choose those so you don't, you know, like there's a couple of bosses that will chew through your guys if you don't play them right. So uh, choose the easier boss path boss path, and get to the end. So that's kind of what I did on it anyway. So that was uh, for the arcade one. But it was a cool little challenge, you know. It, uh, I, you know, if there wasn't an achievement for it, I would have never played the arcade mode. So it, you know, made me have to be somewhat good for it. But uh, that wasn't really the... the a lot of people have that as the challenging one because only a couple people have uh, uh, gotten that one. It looks like eight out of, uh, see how many people, 101. So I don't know. It wasn't. Did was you know that, that you have the best time? No, I did not know that. I'm, I'm looking at the game stats and it's listing you as having the best time in arcade mode of all the people that have uh, all the stats that are being tracked off of Xbox. For real? Yeah. Wow, I had no idea. Well, I guess I did all right then. Yeah. I mean, I literally, I literally played it one time and beat, beat it the first time. So I, I, I would uh, say that right now you are definitely the foremost expert on it on arcade. Oh mode. well, there you go, <laughs> man. Yeah. Maybe maybe we should write a few guides. Nah, you you gotta listen. Yeah. Who's got time for that? There's achievements yeah, to be earned. Yeah, bronchitis, man. That's, uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but. Uh, there, uh, but the arcade mode one—that's supposed to be the most challenging one. But I—I I mean, as you can tell, it wasn't for me. But um, yeah, but the the one that I had the most trouble with with was the perfect Chivo. So that's the only one I thought was the moderately challenging one. I think that one ultimately will have the higher ratio. Uh, it's got three point four two right now, 
but it's uh, yeah, it's got eight track. Both of those have eight track gamers, but it's where you can't take any hits during mm. a section. So the way that that works is in a beat 'em up, you're going to take a lot of hits, but uh, you can't get hit at all. So obviously, you want to do that on the first stage, on the first section. The way it's divided up is you get through a whole section and then you get to the boss, but that the boss section is considered a, se- a different section. So you just have to get through the first section to the area where the boss is. And so uh, that was a little challenging, uh, actually. I, that one probably took me about, I don't know, 12, 12 attempts, probably 10 to 12 attempts. And, uh, you know, not terrible, but not not super quick either. And uh, I don't know, somewhere around there. But uh, it was pretty, actually felt pretty rewarding when I got that achievement. So I... I find that uh, to be a good thing. So uh, so that was another way that the game made it enjoyable because normally, who would think, you know, don't get hit in a beat-em-up. I mean, that's just crazy talk, man, right? So, and then... Uh, <laughs> who thinks of these things? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and, uh, and then there's uh, another random achievement called World Without Magic where basically uh, that ties into the 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 mechanic where you're choosing your own path where you actually have to pay attention to that because you kind of learn what enemies are where and so um you have uh, certain stages that have these little jerks that like throw like magic at you and so you just have to kind of know what to, enemy set is going to be on each stage and just avoid those stages or you can just wait until someone like me actually writes a guide and tells you which cha- <laughs> you know <laughs> which stages to choose but when you're the first well actually I was the second person to finish the game but when you're one of the first people to finish the, you know a game such as that you don't have that luxury so I actually had to figure it out and it wasn't too tough but here's a little pro tip uh, since I am the foremost expert of arcade mode on Mayhem Brawler, which is uh, if you're playing through for the World Without Magic achievement, if you're playing through with Mustache, um, the last stage that he has is the prison stage. And in the prison stage, there are individuals that throw magic. However, that is not avoidable, fortunately. Uh, it wasn't. I didn't choose that path because that's the one you're forced into. That's like the way the game ends for him, and so it didn't void the achievement. So uh, I was super upset when I got to the final stage with him, and because I didn't know what the final stage was with that character, and then there's these dudes throwing this magic at me. I was like, ah, oh, crap! I'm gonna have to play it through one more time. And but no, it, it didn't void it. So that's cool. So uh, again, this game likes you. It's a good game. And then there's one last tip I'll give you, which I actually messaged some dude uh, about. Uh, because I, it was the last achievement I got in the game, which was, you can't touch this. That's the name of the uh, the achievement, which is for blocking. It says block three catch attacks. There is nobody throwing anything in this game. So basically, I couldn't figure it out. So I, uh, I sent a message out to somebody that did have it. It'd be a shame if I was to give that person's name. I'm sure that nobody would send some hate mail to Gattuso GB, uh, who did not write me back regarding it. So I just had to go through the game, and uh, I blocked everyone's attack until I figured out what they was. There's a, a couple of enemies that like fly across the screen and like give you a piggyback ride, and I guess that is what they consider a catch attack. And so uh, the easiest you can, if you're, if this is your last achievement, like it was for me. Uh, just uh, go the path that has the werewolves in it, and the werewolf that's like stage two. And then I think it, yeah, it is actually stage two. And unless you choose the other path, 
But choose the one with the werewolves, and you can get it on second stage if that's the one you're missing. So I was happy to clean that up all uh, easy, easy peasy. So there you go. That's my uh, that's my take on Mayhem Brawler. So the, the achievements all enhanced the game, were the right level of fun, right level of challenge, and made you you know pretty feel good about it that you were actually good at the game, which I guess I was actually. So there you go. Also, the uh, second person on TA to complete it. Absolutely, yeah. I was a little bummed that a uh, uh, dude beat me uh, beat me to it, but yeah, that's all right. Hey, a- ABC, you're in the top three. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm on the podium. Yeah. <laughs> right. So <laughs> let him have his moment. Maybe uh, that's but that right. would have been cool because I don't think I actually have a game that I'm the first to finish it. So that's one thing I've never had. So I, pretty cool. I have only yeah. ever had one. Oh yeah. Yes, I've had Which one. Is? And funny enough, uh, when I got that one, it was about a week, a week and a half before TA introduced the feature on the friend feed where it says so-and-so is this you know Inigo Montoya is the mm-hmm. so-and-so person to complete this game oh no when they started that feature it was a week and a half before they started that feature <laughs> that sucks you didn't yeah. get your proper call out huh I did not but oh I, I, man well here's your big opportunity man what was it give it, it to us straight this is really groundbreaking triple a game that was oh. called jimmy johnson's anything with an engine <laughs> i see it yeah jimmy johnson's anything with an engine. yeah i see my friend's score you're on there uh yeah it looks like you are in fact uh which is no small feat given that only 37 people have finished this game <laughs> right. but uh yeah you really uh man you beat warped sand dog by a good month and some change man yes man. Um, and i got some very ironic help with the multiplayer i do remember that distinctly i i somebody that obviously this was many many years ago i think i want to say maybe 2012 2013 i can't remember exactly oh it was 2011 man this is the 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 decade celebration this year so oh wow yeah. um the person that I boosted that with, I was very young in my uh, gamer score uh, career journey, whatever we want to call it. <laughs> Addiction. <laughs> Addiction. <laughs> That's probably the Misery. most appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> Affliction. But, oh, man. I, um, I, I ended up boosting <laughs> that game with uh, Randall Thor. <laughs> Which. All right. I, I don't even think I. I wasn't even a blip on the radar, and for some reason he was like, I ended up in a somehow in a party with him or something, and uh, he saw I was playing it, and he was like, hey, I got this game, you want to do the online achievements? And I was like, sure, why not? So that kind of paved my way to my first. <laughs> so Wow, man. Yep. That's pretty cool. Well, I, I, I guess I, I should say I'm jealous. I, I, I've never... I've uh, never had such dubious honor. I've just had a couple of achievements here and there, but if I'm mistaken, I don't think there's any. I don't even know how you would check that, but I'm pretty sure that I am not the first on any game. So, but uh, well, we'll have to give some homework to the community then. <laughs> yeah, find man, out if Elroy is the first on any games. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know I'm second on Mayhem Brawler, but uh, yeah, I'm sure like. Skeptical Mario or someone can just be like, oh, yeah, you just go here, here, here. Oh, beep, 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 yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't TA very well. I'm getting better, but yeah. So there I, you go. I'm not a TA <laughs> expert either. 
So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Blind leading the blind. Here. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool, man. Well, I guess that's about all the time we got. So. Yeah, so thanks uh, for joining me for yet another uh, wonderful edition. It was uh, good to hear you crap on uh, some wheel spin frenzy. That's right. Avoid that gameplay COVID, okay? <laughs> it's, it's... And Mayhem Brawler, that one, give it a good punch to the face. It's, uh, that's what it's designed to do. So there you go. Yeah, they can just don't get hit on one stage. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see y'all next time. Y'all take care. All right. See ya. Hello and welcome to another Spooktober special, this time requested by Matriarch, but SPOILERS! I, Wakapale, managed to hijack my own segment. I've lamented the quality of Italian games before, and was horrified I thought I'd start off this segment saying Vera Blank, Full Moon, is the best Italian game I've ever played. To my relief, that is not the case as I discovered that Amazing Princess Sarah was developed in Italy, which is by far superior to its current competition, such as Albedo, Eyes from Outer Space, Alison's Diary, Another Dawn, and Vera Blank, Full Moon. I will do a spoiler-filled breakdown of Vera Blank, Full Moon soon, but first I'm going to tell you about one of the best Xbox Live indie games, which was later ported to the One. Amazing Princess Sarah. Amazing Princess Sarah is a horror-themed platformer which looks and feels like a mashup of Castlevania and the western release of Super Mario Bros. 2. The king, Sarah's father, is seduced by the succubus Lilith and the princess decides to save him. While there are plenty of suggestive themes which bumps up the age rating to teen in the US compared to Europe's 7+, they are much tamer than it at first glance appears. It honestly does the game a disservice featuring Sarah's massive cleavage on the game tile, followed by an intro of the king happily following a lust demon and a suggestive achievement list such as the lovely level for reaching level 69 and slap that fatty unlocked by slapping a fatty while naked. There's only one difficult and annoying achievement in the game called Mirror Kill. After your first playthrough, you unlock the Angry Princess mode, which has you play through the game chased by a ghost. To unlock the achievement, you have to kill the ghost, which is a painfully slow process, as it takes an enormous amount of damage. Killing the ghost takes more than 30 minutes, and it is not easy. It is a shame this rather bad achievement made its way onto the list, as the rest might take a while to unlock, but they are all fun achievements. Your first playthrough will likely take you around 4 hours, leveling up Sarah as you platform through the handful of levels. While your sword deals a decent amount of damage, throwing items such as chairs, tables, cupboards or corpses at your foes deals way more damage. Sarah might look like a delicate princess, but she would win every weightlifting contest she entered. If completing the first playthrough was enough for the completion, this would have been a very popular game among achievement hunters. However, it requires you to play through the game 5 or 6 times, 
with different modifiers for the completion. As I mentioned, the first playthrough is likely around 4 hours, but subsequent playthroughs will be significantly faster, even if your total playtime will end up around 15 hours for 12 achievements worth 1000 gamer score and 2200 TA. Amazing Princess Sarah was only $1 on the Xbox 360, but as it was released in the indie games program, it did not have any achievements. Its one port is 650, which is a fair price, but it has been discounted occasionally since its 2016 release. The game offers a good time for old school platformer fans and is rather challenging, but its frequent checkpoints mean you rarely lose much progress if you die, and should it turn too troublesome, you can always grind experience to get a high level. Amazing Princess Sarah might not be for everyone, but don't judge the game by its cover. It might also be the very best Italian game on Xbox. It certainly is the best one I have played, at least that I'm aware of. Enough about the good game. I will now overanalyze the visual novel Vera Blank Full Moon. Vera Blank Full Moon is a Rattalika published visual novel, which can be completed very quickly following a guide. I did not do so. Instead, I played through the entire game, reading the ludicrous story, increasingly perplexed by its very flawed narrative and poorly ported minigames. I've understood most people that play the game for Gamerscore never bothered with the story, so I'm just going to retell it for you, saving those who have yet to play it from enduring my experience. Vera Blank Full Moon has 11 achievements worth 1000 Gamerscore and 1020 TA. If it wasn't so easy to skip through, that ratio would be significantly higher, as most of the gameplay and storytelling is shockingly poor. Vera Blanc's backstory is not exactly modest. At 14, Vera Blanc graduates from university. What field she studied is not revealed. She is the single child of one of the richest men alive who happens to be a French stylist. I'm pretty sure that is not where the money came from, but in a world as illogical as Vera's, I would not be surprised if that was the case. Her mother was a Russian supermodel, but she died when Vera was two. At 16, Vera is diagnosed with terminal brain cancer, but is given experimental surgery, which cures her, also improving her already superhuman intellect, giving her perfect recall and learning capabilities, allowing her to learn new languages and skills with very little effort. On top of that, She's also given the ability to read minds, which she somehow considers a curse, despite her having to actually focus to use her mind-reading ability, which can only read surface-level thoughts. Her father believes she cannot reveal her mind-reading powers as it would make her a target for kidnapping, as if being the sole heir to one of the richest men alive and most intelligent being in the world didn't carry an elevated risk already. At 18, Vera has fully recovered from her surgery and wants to make sure she does something worthwhile with her life. Her father dwells on his daughter's wish and decides the best thing she can do is partner up with the gun-crazy former FBI agent Brandon Mackey, now a private investigator specializing in impossible cases involving the supernatural, despite never solving such a case. If you wanted to help the world's most intelligent person with more or less unlimited funds at your disposal, 
to do something worthwhile, partnering her with a questionable private investigator wouldn't exactly be the first thing I'd suggest. Anyhow, Brandon gets a job from the major of Wolfbach, a small German town which appears to be terrorized by a werewolf who lately has murdered a bunch of town folk. Since Brandon is afraid of flying, he and Vera take the early morning train to Wolfbach. The very last thing Brandon says before boarding is to keep your destination and mission secret, which he more or less immediately reveals while flirting with one of the few passengers in the train car. Vera is very dismissive of said flirting, but somehow gets offended when asked if she and Brandon are a couple. Should you do the sensible thing and fall asleep while Brandon is enjoying himself, you die from a planted bomb. This is a running theme through the game. Making sensible choices throughout the game often kills you. If you instead stay awake, reading the minds of the other passenger, you discover that there is a bomb in the bathroom. I chose to disarm it with Brandon panicking while Vera took care of the bomb. While dealing with the bomb, the two other passengers in the train car make an exit and is shown getting yelled at for planting the bomb, revealing themselves to be a pack of werewolves. Great, barely started and the game has revealed to the player that the werewolves are real and are plotting to kill you, unbeknownst to Vera and Brandon. After an eventful journey, Vera and Brandon arrive late at their hotel. Brandon semi-jokingly offers Vera to sleep in his room. Vera rudely dismisses him before going to her own room. After preparing for bed, you can choose to sleep in your own or go over to Brandon. If you decide to sleep in your bed, the werewolf enters your room during the night and murders you. In order to stay alive, Vera has to spend the night in Brandon's room, which turns into an awkward scenario where Vera uses Brandon's bed while he sleeps on the floor, unless you invite him to bed with her. The pair wakes up when the werewolf breaks into Vera's room and Brandon rushes over, emptying his firearm into the beast, who escapes through the window. Police arrives and don't appear very concerned, mainly jealous of Brandon's hot girlfriend who wanders around outside the hotel in a nightgown during a chilly autumn night. You meet Lucas, your main contact in the police department. They say they don't believe in werewolves and do not question the now blood-splattered hotel room much or the fact that Brandon would not be allowed to carry a gun in Germany, much less empty it into a hotel room. The police leaves and Brandon and Vera return to their now shared room and rest up for their first day in Wolfbach. Staying in the same place where you almost got murdered moments ago without protection makes sense, right? The next day, Vera and Brandon wander through Wolfbach, talking to random people in the streets, some excusing themselves for not speaking English, while Vera, who are supposed to be able to speak most languages in the world, apparently did not care for learning German, or just don't bother revealing she can speak it. The mayor of Wolfbach, the man who hired you, won't have time to speak with you for a few days. Instead, you meet up with your police contact Lucas, who does not appear to be happy to work with you, or believe that there are any werewolves. Learning very little, Vera and Brandon retires for the day with an uneventful night. The next day, you learn a local hunter is missing and wander by a souvenir shop where the owner is sculpting werewolf figurines. You also encounter Eva, the werewolf from the train, wandering the streets and she runs away when she sees you, having Brandon run after her, firing his gun in broad daylight, chasing her through the streets. 
Needless to say, the authorities or witnesses don't give him as much as a slap on the wrist for this. If a private detective did this in Europe, they would be locked up immediately. While Brandon is busy shooting up the streets, Vera is attacked by a large man carrying a gun. Unless you run, Vera is killed. Vera runs screaming through the village with the big guy carrying a gun chasing her, prompting several people to call the police. Vera eventually hides in a restaurant restroom stall, which she escapes from using a window, tearing up her clothes, having her once again half-naked in public. Police arrives, arrests the man whose mind Vera strangely can't read. She is reunited with Brandon, who apologizes for leaving her alone, and explains Eva got away despite him shooting her in the back. The police don't give a crap about this at all. Why Brandon is not arrested on the spot after telling the police he shot someone in the back is beyond me. After the chase, you see Eva being berated for once again failing to kill Vera and Brandon. You also learn that the werewolves can transform at will, making the game's title Full Moon irrelevant. Even stranger is that the werewolf leader tells the rest of the werewolves that they should leave Vera and Brandon alone for now, as they appear to be on their side. So, after three failed high-profile assassination attempts, they just decide they're not worth the effort, or on their side, or... This, this is the part where I decided making notes was worthless. The story was complete nonsense, it set you up to fail for making rational decisions, and even the supposed bad guys had lost interest. The day after, Vera tries to figure out why she can't read her would-be killer's mind and decide to visit a neurologist, but after running around town, instead find a disgraced doctor dabbling in hypnosis, who agrees to see the killer, and thus some mind control caused by the werewolves, then happily leaves the police station before Vera begins questioning the suspect. Seriously, I wish this was peak stupid from the game, but I'm pretty sure it's not. You're told the big guy's lawyer is on the way, and you have to interrogate him before the lawyer arrives. Previously, you were told the man did not speak at all and was a model citizen gym instructor with no prior entanglements with the law. Why would such a person have a lawyer? To ramp up the stupidity further, you're told by Lucas that as soon as the lawyer arrives, they would have to let him go, as he technically hadn't done anything illegal. The guy chased a screaming girl through town, carrying a gun, into a restroom, breaking a stall door, and he did nothing illegal. I'm pretty sure they have a handful of charges they can press against him. The interrogation turns out to be a complete waste of time. The last thing the guy remembers is meeting Eva at the gym, then waking up at the police station. When his lawyer arrived, you get a call they've found the missing hunter. He allegedly shot himself while cleaning his gun, and you rush off to the crime scene. Once you get there, you quickly learn that the crime scene has been staged, the bullet wounds barely hiding scratch and bite marks, and a werewolf costume is hanging on the chair in the middle of the room. The police, who have appeared completely incompetent, also appears corrupt at this stage. Lucas agrees the crime scene appears tampered with, but decides to take off. This is another opportunity to get killed by checking out the crime scene. Unless you leave before examining everything, the werewolf shows up and kills you. Instead, you have to follow the ambulance as it picks up the body, which ends up going to an old, heavily guarded sawmill instead of the morgue. With evidence now readily available, Vera decides to alert Lucas, who questions your claims. Once again, if you do the sensible thing by telling him to check the morgue, all three of you are killed by a gang of heavily armed thugs. 
Instead of offering the proof you have now, you have to decide not to do anything about it. So instead of proving corruption within the police force, you go back to the hotel where someone knocks on the door while Vera is in the shower. One of Brandon's former FBI colleagues show up in Germany because he reported the police force might be corrupt earlier. Vera gets out of the shower and is introduced to Brandon's friend and reaches out to shake the agent's hand but manages to drop her towel to the floor. To Vera's credit, this is probably a new record for somehow ending up under or inappropriately dressed since meeting Brandon. It was, what, three days ago she wrecked her attire while being chased by an armed gym instructor who legally did nothing wrong? Brandon is quickly pulled out of the room by his friend as Vera, the world's most intelligent person, just stands there like a buffoon. The next day he learned that the sawmill has been closed for years, that the mayor, who hired you, is secretly running a criminal organization, and that he has been receiving death threats. He's also angry with you that you haven't found the killer yet, and he doesn't believe in werewolves. The next day, Lucas informs you of another victim in a crashed car in the woods. Seeing how the rest of his squad completely botches the investigation, convinces him they are corrupt. Lucas reveals he has figured out the secret entrance to the sawmill. There is a cave nearby which would get you inside undetected. Vera decides to go through the dark cave in what appears to be high heels, hurting herself prompting Brandon to carry her through the cave. I get that Vera is a teen, but she's supposed to be the most intelligent being on the planet, yet she keeps acting really, really dumb. I assumed her injury would be detrimental to infiltrating the sawmill, but the game never ac acknowledges her injury again, after Brandon carries her through the cave. Once inside the sawmill, they find heavily armed goons carrying around boxes with radiation signs. Did you see this coming? I sure as hell didn't. Once again, Vera does something stupid, gets detected, and the trio runs out of the sawmill, where they are saved by the FBI, once again in Germany. The mayor is arrested for selling nuclear materials, and everyone is happy. What about werewolves? At this point, you can choose to end the investigation, and the killings stop. Just like that, with Vera and Brandon celebrating their first successful case together. The end. Anticlimactic? Sure, but the other ending is not much better. Further investigation reveals that the sculptor was the werewolf all along, targeting descendants of people who had wronged him in the past. Once his identity is revealed, out of sight of the sculpture, I should add, you find him attacking the mayor's prisoner transport, being shot at by a handful of policemen. Undeterred by the heavy gunfire, the werewolf is downed by one of Brandon's silver bullets, which was never mentioned previously, and the werewolf turns to dust, leaving no evidence. Vera and Brandon celebrate and go home. You might remember there were a pack of werewolves half a game ago. They are not mentioned again. Maybe they show up in the sequel. Yes, there is somehow a sequel. Vera Blank, Full Moon is $5 for 1000 game score. I went in expecting dumb fun, but mostly found dumb. Don't make my mistake of trying to make sense of it. Have a nice day everyone!